This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patron, Jonathan. If you'd like to join Jonathan, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You can sponsor an episode, get episodes early, and get a bunch of cool bonus stuff. Thank you, Jonathan, and thank you for listening. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are beginning our discussion of Divinity Original Sin 2, which is a PC role-playing game developed and published by Larian Studios for the PC in 2017. Yeah. This is the we're entering the age of Agarius. <laughs> it is uh I'm I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy. This 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 month is pretty pretty well bifurcated. I mean, I think both of us feel about the same about Ratchet and Clank, which is you know neat. Okay. That's why I've not played one of those. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Look at those little critters. I'm game. Yeah, they uh, sure I sure they get up to some adventures. Those little mascots. Yeah, uh, yeah. but we've got we've got two episodes of this. We have Riven, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I'm already diving head head first back into the world of Mist. Yeah, this month that is cold uh, it's pretty, yeah. yeah, it's uh, we're in the, the coal in the coal hole. So the nice thing is I got, I got you for 80 hours of this new fish. <laughs> I got you and, for 12 uh, hours of that. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Uh, this, this episode, I will be uh, eternally thankful to our patron, Jonathan, uh-huh. for suggesting it. Um, we don't typically do really long games or two-parters mm-hmm. on request just to set an expectation, but this is something that I wanted to get on the schedule really bad anyway. You threw your vanity um, pick for this month at it. Yeah, I was like, you know what? A, a patron chose this, and I really want this. I'm gonna, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push for this. Yeah. And uh, I'm extremely uh, like, good lord, yeah. am I digging it? Um, it's, I am. It's it's whoa. really good. We, you know, like you, you, you whoa, uh, you laid Bobby, uh, you laid it out like uh, like this is gonna be one where we're, we're divided on it. I'm like, you know, this is an A for you. This is like an A plus 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 plus. Yeah, yeah. This is this yeah. is a top five for me. I think is yeah. what I've I've kind of determined. Like this, this is entering into desert island material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, like it, it's very deep and rich and long, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm playing it a second time. I'm discovering things I didn't discover before. Mm-hmm. Um, it has this uh, knowledge compresses the space of the tactics the same way that it compresses 
uh, geographical space in Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Like things that were taking me like seven or eight tries. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first time I went through, I am acing now because I just know how to stack the decks in my favor. And it it is just remarkably satisfying. It is hard for me to put down right? um, when there is a fight around the corner. And um, and for me, it's it. It, it's it's appropriate that this comes about a year after we cover Legend of Grimrock too, because I feel yeah. I feel like they both kind of fall under the same lane for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in that I am way into both of them, and it's not normally a kind of game that I would you know put on. I wouldn't put this on my dating profile, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I, I would be more yeah. I would be more more prone to say I'm a misthead than I am a you know first person dungeon crawl or tactical RPG head kind of guy. Yeah. 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 The, uh, you know, just real quick shout out, uh, to a member of our Slack, who I don't want to name, mm-hmm. but whose current Slack handle is divinity original simp, which could be a good dating profile name. If you, uh, like, we're going to put this on your dating profile. So shout out and, uh, you know, apologies. I'm not trying to withhold credit. I just want to uh-huh. maintain privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this first episode is going to cover generalities, uh, which are spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is us doing the homework so we can, you know, cruise past, uh, some stuff in the game. Yes. In terms of combat. And we're going to talk about the uh, the first two chapters, so the prologue and then chapter one, Fort, Fort Joy, not Fort Joy. <laughs> so I experience every night. Yeah. Uh, Fort Joy. Um, I want to put a disclaimer here. Mm-hmm. Um, th- we're not getting everything in this. Nope. Uh, nope. Um, <laughs> I, I'm on my second playthrough and there are still things I know I'm not getting. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking through, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't, I'm not sure how to do that. I don't really feel like looking it up. Um, this is uh, so generous as to be... Um, you know, Homer with the donut machine <laughs> in hell. Uh, so just, you know, if we leave out your favorite quest or we don't talk about your favorite characters, really cool details that come mm-hmm. out when specifically when you main them, it's because you have to play this game six times to completion to get all of those details. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't, uh, can't, can't do that now. Right. Um, so just know that we're not going to get everything. Yes. That is a very good disclaimer to put up front that said, you know, I think between us, we're going to cover an awful lot um i'm i'm trying to be as i'm trying to do everything yeah i'm just not succeeding at it and i chose a specific character which means that i'm only getting certain details Mm -hmm. so nice um in this game you play something called a sorcerer it's spelled different Mm -hmm. uh as if like you know source the word source uh and that is in this world a kind of forbidden magic um and people use this magic uh are captured and interred by this uh, order called the Divinity um, that try to curtail this invasion of demonic creatures called the Void Woken. So when you use this magic, it doesn't always happen, but there's a chance that it kind of summons these demons. Yeah, these, um, the, this, these bugs or these sea krakens or these worms uh, that appear and issue vague threats toward you in a deep voice. Yeah, de- like basey threats, basey Lovecraftian uh, monsters. The... Um, this is all rich backstory mm-hmm. uh, that you do not really need. Um, this is a, a million years in the sequ- you know future sequel to Divinity Original Sin One, mm-hmm. which is the latest in a long series of multi-genre yeah. uh, games. So there is background to this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you don't need it. You just need to know forbidden magic, yes. basically. Yeah, I know nothing. Never, I never played any of the previous Divinity games. I never played Original Sin the first. And so I was a little bit worried that I would be, you know, uh, let's hear con- on my heels. Not the case. Everything is well explained in its context. 
Um, and in looking around their characters who appear like specifically, like this is technically, it comes after the timeline in of the divinity two or divine divinity or something like that. So there are characters who will pop up from that into this, but that is fan candy is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can get context clues to understand it. No problem. Um, when you roll up your game, you can either main as a custom created cipher, or you can pick from one of these origin characters, these six developer made, um, characters with their own personalities, with their backstories, their own voice acting, uh, and relevance to the goings on in the world, uh, to varying degrees. Uh, don't worry if you don't pick one of them, uh, you can still get them as, as, uh, companions, like you, you are either picking them as your main or you can pick them as your companion or everybody can be ciphers. And it's funny because when you go to the mercenary captain, they will say mm-hmm. and they know how to shut up of the prices. Right. Just kind of yeah. implying that <laughs> this th- this is the way that you go if you're not worried about the talky talky and you want the slashy slashy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they both exist. Um, and it's worth saying, like, we're going to talk about them, but it's worth saying that, like, you, you uh, send me this message in Slack, but like there's not a loser in the bunch. Right. Um, it's kind of incredible what they did with these uh, six characters. The first time I played this, I wanted to make my own guy because mm-hmm. that is uh, joy to me in these uh, these games. I wanted to play as a cipher interacting with these people. Yes. Um, and I'm playing as one of the named characters this playthrough and having much more fun mm-hmm. doing that. Um, I think that that is the way to do it. Who is your main, uh, just while we're uh, on the conversation here? Losi. Okay. So Losa. Yeah, the uh, bard who was possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. possessed by a demon uh, yeah. and her story is very integral to the uh the main plot and mm-hmm. is very good i'm playing as fane the undead uh member of a race who died off long ago uh and uh rolling him as a wizard and he also is integral to the events of the game very integral yeah very integral <laughs> um everyone there are degrees of less integral Yes. Uh, that people become, but they all kind of connect to different threads mm-hmm. uh, in the world, which is a really clever way to do it. Let me put it this way. They made the dwarf who loves violence interesting enough that I wanted him in my party. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's great. He's the one character I haven't had in a, a party. So mm-hmm. whenever I eventually do my third playthrough, because I want to try uh, doing the the duo mode, the lone mm-hmm. wolf mode, yeah. um, I'm going to use him. Nice. Uh, so the game can play, be played cooperatively, but we're going to talk about the single player experience. The cooperative experience from my little uh, time with the first one is not really that different. You're just, you're talking to somebody, you know, they're taking their character's turns. Mm-hmm. It's like co-op, Baldur's Gate or what have you. Yeah. Um, as somebody who is interested in the the stories of these games, we found that difficult. Yeah. You know, you had to find somebody who's exactly as interested in the lore. But just know that like many reports in the Slack of people who really loved playing through this co-op. Nice. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it, Divinity Original Sin 2 plays an awful lot like any other CRPG out there. It is a top-down view. Uh, you navigate your characters around towns and dungeons. You talk to people. You do some fights. You do some thieving. You do some solving puzzles, picking up items, putting them together, and completing quests in order to advance things. Uh, pretty stock standard as far as that goes. But the devil or the void, wo- the void woken are in the details yes, um, I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, the thing that makes this game stand out for as good as, you know, kind of everything generally is, is the tactical combat system. And let's say the sim like elements generally. Yeah, like it's almost like an immersive sim. Yeah. Western RPG in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat is kind of the star of the show. 
Uh, it is turn-based turn based, and you have uh, perfect visibility of the turn order. So you get to see what order people are going uh, going in up the, up the top of the screen. And typically, uh, you know, there is an initiative where your character will determine which order your characters go in, but mm-hmm. you'll always go back and forth with the enemy um, if there are even numbers. Yes. So it'll be your turn, computer's turn, your turn, computer's turn. Mm-hmm. And it is action point based. Um, you begin the round with a certain number of action points, and these are used to move um, a certain distance. So you'll have a stat. That's how much movement an action point is. You can attack. Um, you can perform these special skills or actions on your hotbar, use items, scrolls, spells, etc. cetera, yeah. that cost certain amounts of action points. Yes. Additionally, skills and spells, uh, you don't have like a mana bar or a focus bar or anything. They're tied to cooldowns. Uh, Mm -hmm. so when you cast a spell or use a skill, it'll be out of commission for a number of rounds. Uh, it looks like a relatively low number, you know, generally it's like five is about the max. Yeah. Like two rounds, uh, rounds last a while, you know? Um, so that tends to matter. Uh, even if it's a two round. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a stat that governs how many, um, skills you can have active at a given time. Obviously that's going to be more important for, uh, like casters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, You also have certain super special abilities that are powered by source points, um, which you unlock partway through the game. And this is what you were in uh, jail for in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, you acquire source source points a few different ways. Um, One thing I want to give, I'm sure that this is there's a note for this later, but just as a quick shout out, um, the developers did a thing that I really love. Mm-hmm. In this, where they put out the definitive edition of this, where they just incorporated a lot of mods as menu options. Yeah. Um, they found fan mods and just cleaned them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, you know, in Act 2 of this, you get a room that basically has unlimited source stuff. And between combats, you know, the first time I played this, I was teleporting back there. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it so it was just regain on rest. Oh, nice. Um, which saves you tons of travel time, and I heartily recommend. Um, otherwise, you get an ability to uh, get these from different uh, living enemies mm-hmm. and uh, dead enemies as the game goes on. And it is integrated into the story as well. Yes. Um, but these are powerful abilities, the idea being they have a powerful cost as well. Yeah, they're like uh, almost like limit break kind of, kind of things, um, and they yeah. differ by character. Um, yes. It is by character, right? Not by class or race. Well, it's, it's both. So there, yeah. there are characters, every character has a unique one, mm-hmm. uh, including the Cypher character. And then uh, the, the different skill sets mm-hmm. have high-level source abilities. Gotcha. Yeah. So this uh, is a classless system. Um, you just choose where to put your points. So multi-classing is key. We'll talk about that later as well. Yes. But uh, it's not, you know, you can get the high-level necromancy source skill as anyone. Right. But only Losa uh, gets the, the maddening one. song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you describe the combat, it, it's probably tempting to think of it like a shadow run or like an XCOM. Uh, however, things are not held to a grid. Uh, everything is a little bit swimmy to a certain degree, uh, because it's handled by distances, radiuses, and area of effect. Um, and things end up feeling an awful lot like Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 edition or fourth edition, uh, since you have like attacks of opportunity and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it, it's, it's all very communicated to you very mm-hmm. directly. Yes. So, you know, ordinarily you'd want a grid system or something like that for ease of information. This will just show you the radius of a spell. And if yeah. something's caught in it, it will glow. Mm-hmm. And if something isn't, it won't. Yes. So it's not hiding information from you. Same thing with the arcs of projectiles and such. Like it gives you uh, near perfect information. Yeah. Um, which is a big, big upgrade over Divinity Original Sin 1, which had arrow arcs be something you had to kind of guess at, if I recall. Oh. 
Um, I don't, I, I might be misremembering that cause it's mm-hmm. been a long time since I played that. It's a thing in tactical um, games. Like I remember seeing the arcs being, uh, like you had to spend skill points on that in tactics ogre, uh, yeah. just to see the arc that an arrow would fly on. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this game is not interested in withholding information from you. Right. Um, you can examine enemies mm-hmm. uh, as well to figure out their resistances and their, which, uh, special moves they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really neat thing, um, you know, and I apologize if I'm getting ahead, no, that's all right. uh, no, go. but the uh, enemy does this on you as well. So enemies have a stat where they will examine your characters and the AI is driven by it. Mm-hmm. So if your care, if the enemy is one that in the, the world would have a really high, the, the skill is called lore master. Mm-hmm. Um, they will make more tactical decisions against you. Nice. Because they can see your, see your abilities and stats. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like so that. Yeah. Not about hidden information. Yeah. Uh, so that would be, why, <laughs> that would be the, why there are certain people specifically casters uh, who uh, completely make a beeline for my soft disguise. And everybody else yes. tends to go for whatever's closest. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. I didn't smart. realize enemies were doing that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't until this, this playthrough. Like I, I learned a lot on the second playthrough again, that richness. Yeah. Uh, one of the key things about the combat here uh, is something that was added for original sin Two, which is this uh, armor system, kind of a differentiation between physical armor and attack armor or sorry, magic or magical armor. It's all attack armor. Um, physical armor and magical armor, um, which uh, I understand is a little bit of a uh, cilantro thing. Some people are into this. Some people are kind of bothered by it. I can kind of see the upsides and downsides, specifically when it comes to damage focus. Yeah. And the idea here is that, uh, you know, if you are wearing, uh, if you're a mage and you have a lot of protection against magic, you'll be weak against a dude with a sword and vice versa. Um, and, and this systematizes this. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's important is because, uh, you have to deplete these armor meters before certain statuses will, uh, take effect. Mm-hmm. Um, some statuses can go through it. You can get some perks that play with that as well. But, um, you know, for the, uh, big time statuses, which are really important, which we'll talk about in a moment, mm-hmm. you want to wear down that armor. No. Um, so, you know, an enemy have a certain amount of health. If you're attacking them with a physical attack and they still have physical armor, it drains from those points first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to put a status on them that does, that is resisted by physical armor, mm-hmm. uh, you need to get that down first. And again, no hidden information. You can just look right at the grenade or spell or whatever, and it'll say what resists it. Um, statuses and consumables that cause those and give you buffs to get them are incredibly important in this game. Yeah. Um, this is the game I would give people to break them of the I don't use my consumables. Oh, for sure. Thing. Because it, it's rigorous, like we'll talk about that. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a hard game, um, but it's really uh, the balance is for you to use your advantages, mm-hmm. um, kind of on every axis, both yeah. in terms of your consumables and then also tactical and geographic advantages. Yeah, um, they they, yeah. they they tend to. I mean, they, they have they have turned the tide of battle for me, especially things that that, that blind. Uh, things oh, that do uh, things that the things that they do knockdown or even like smoke grenades. The fact that there's like yep. visibility um, that is in play ends up being super important. The uh, once you get kind of halfway through Act Two, uh, you start getting reliable access to charm, mm-hmm. and uh, charm is obviously incredible. Yeah, in this um, kind of the you know to support the system, there are a couple of, like interesting things. Like you don't end up with a lot of enemies that have immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have immunity, it tends to be by class. So, like, you can't put certain, you know, undead monsters to sleep. Yeah. Um, but you can charm almost anything, including bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you want to do here is uh, basically turn denial mm-hmm. 
from your enemy. Um, you know, a really consistent strategy in this is to focus fire on the biggest threat and get them in, um, you know, kind of a turn denial loop. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody is always turning the boss into a chicken. <laughs> and as long as the boss is a chicken, we can handle the rest of these ads. I'm a chicken, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, and you you can start with the chicken skill, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know literally from it. Yeah. Um, so I saw thing. I saw a review of this. Uh, they were talking about the first one, I think. But I really like how they put this. Mm-hmm. Um, is that these games are built uh, so it's this big toy box, and every encounter is stacked against you from the start. Yeah. Um, if you just walk forward, the enemy has set up ambushes as they would, yeah. you know, or you are encroaching into their area of power. Um, so it is up to you to turn the tables the other way. Mm-hmm. And the game gives you just a huge Swiss army knife of ways to do it. Yes. Um, and you know, people who have listened to me podcast for a decade know that being able to solve problems in my own way is the reason why I play games. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want a reflex test. I want to think my way mm-hmm. out of problems and this game is perfect for that. The, the, imagine you remember think back to any number of anecdotes where gary has said oh, i want to kill that death call but i'm level one well i've got these mines so let's see if i can make it happen mm-hmm. yeah or <laughs> on the, the opposite side you know something like uh this the first one of this came out around the same time as pillars of eternity one mm-hmm. which uh you know, or the thing in like grand theft auto where you try to assassinate the target of something or put up cars yeah yeah and then you it know? just despawns them you know yeah, or the person's invincible until you get to a certain part of the chase. Mm-hmm. This game will not do that. It respects you too much to do that. Like it is, it exists like a world. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to, you know, go and shoplift all this person's potions so they can't use them beforehand and you have the stats to do it, that is very viable. Yeah. Um, also viable is the uh, manipulating the state of the battlefield. Um, there's this very intense and robust uh, kind of terrain system mm-hmm. where the ground can be set on fire or ice or oil or water or blood or sparking smoke or you know any number of things or cursed or blessed and, versions of any of the above <laughs> yes uh tons of different things you can do and these elements interact with each other mm-hmm. um and you have um a huge way you know huge number of ways to interact with this and manipulate it mm-hmm. so you know oil will slow you down fire will burn you ice will make you slip and fall etc uh and you want to control this you want to deny control of this to the enemy yes uh and they will uh take advantage of this uh if you if you uh get to the end of a fight and the entire battlefield is not on fire i would say that you didn't just play a divinity original sin game because the enemy is going to light everything on fire (laughs) there is a oil and and fire and it becoming very frequent Mm -hmm. um these are oftentimes resisted by those same armors yes so it's it's a thing you can literally spec for Mm -hmm. um you know there are builds online where that is the idea is you literally just you know fields of fire Mm-hmm. everything and you just pump your uh your defense against that yeah with all of your characters uh you know drink a couple potions that are easy to craft and you can make it so it you know the floor is lava for thee but not for me mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's not just damage over time so like if you throw a bunch of oil out you don't really need to light them on fire for that to be useful right because it will slow enemies as they run through it um you know we talked about how important turn denial is use you know casting an ice spell on the ground will cover it in frost and that will make them slip so if they're trying to run through a bottleneck and they slip guess what their turn is gone it's it's you don't get it now 
and all those things apply to you as well. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you not only to uh, weaponize this, but also to mitigate it on your end. Yeah. Um, the environment will also contribute to this, sometimes just freestanding, but also in the form of barrels mm -hmm. um, of various kind of liquids uh, that you can put around. So there'll be oil barrels and goo barrels, which are poison, mm -hmm. water barrels, etc. which you can throw these around. Um, every character in this has telekinesis, <laughs> which I think is very funny. So they avoid like animations of lifting things. Um, <laughs> so they, in they battle, pull a master shake. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's very master shake. Um, you can just throw things around or move them around mm -hmm. uh, from a distance. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, moving around is actually like a really fun thing to do because uh, quite early on, one of the most viable ways to get out of the second chapter here is uh, to get a glove that lets you do teleportation. Uh, teleportation is just a is just a spell you can get at a relatively low level, uh, low investment. Mm -hmm. So you can just bamf your buddies around or pick somebody up and drop him in fire or send him far away to a point where he won't be able to it'll take uh, take him a couple turns to get back up um yeah. uh, that's real cool in addition to a lot of these really powerful um, abilities that will let you cross long distances during an attack uh one of the ones that i've gotten the most use out of is basically you can do a ranged backstab on somebody oh uh, it's yeah called backlash. that's incredible yeah yeah um, and it's, it's really cheap too. That's like a really great rogue signature mm -hmm. ability. Yeah. The rogue also has, uh, my favorite tactic I've been using on this playthrough is mm -hmm. to, uh, do the rogue has a thing called ruptured tendons, mm -hmm. which is a status effect that can't, uh, can't be resisted. That makes it hurt to move. Mm. And then if you turn that enemy into a chicken, uh, chickens can only run away. <laughs> So uh, that enemy will just tear itself up. And I've like drained 75% of like bosses <laughs> HPs with, with that combo. Um, it's, it's something, you know, I, I'm going to try not to harp on this game and comparing it to other role-playing games too okay. much. If, when I think about tactical combat, it's amazing to me that there are games with tactical combat where spacing doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, can you, can you imagine something that matters more than where you're at in a physical space? You can, know? can you name like, a specific game where spacing doesn't matter? Well, I, I, I basically get like any kind of like line up and box each other, like Final Fantasy. Oh, gotcha. Like, gotcha. Where they where they abstract know, the spacing away. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just they don't even abstract it. They just mm -hmm. get rid of it. You know, we're just yeah. going to stand face to face and punch each other mm -hmm. and take turns like hitting each other with with spells. Mm -hmm. um, the, there there's adding this other dimension to it is just fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. um, high ground gives you benefits for damage and you can spec into that. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to make a sniper. Mm -hmm. uh, that can jump up onto uh, high ground and one-shot things. Um, you want to be controlling your area of effect. Uh, further, your area of approach. Further, um, those kind of physics objects, the sim part of it, those barrels of rain and water and treasure chests and stuff, can be manipulated before a battle as well. So yes. if there is a, you know, I know I'm going to fight a guy and they are going to try to circle around me, I can sneak behind them and block that off with, you know, crates. So it doesn't stop them, but they have to bust through it if they want to take that direction. Yeah. Um, really incredible shit like that. I, I've just not seen in role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean specifically, and it's hard to find a succinct way to describe this, but the way that um, conversation itself isn't necessarily modal. So while one character is talking, you can um, uh, take control of other characters and have them do stuff. So, you know, think to any CRPG, a lot of encounters begin with, you there, what are you doing in this space that I 
think is mine and you shouldn't be here. And then you can taunt them back and blah, blah, blah. All that preamble is going on. And maybe you have the option to talk yourself around it. You can get your buddies in position. You can have them go and do stuff, uh, do that positioning um, ahead of time. So when the, you know, or get into uh, get into position themselves ahead of time so that you don't start out on as, you know, much of a back foot all bunched up uh, from where you were running around. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it's you, you are meant to do this. Yes. You know, I've seen this described as like cheesy or what have you, but to me, this feels very diegetic, you know, like why, why would your dudes just stand there and like watch a fight start? Like, I just imagine <laughs> your guys just being like, well, I know where this is going, well, you know, and then sneaking off to get beat, you know, get into a more advantageous position. It's taking something that would happen naturally a multiplayer into your own hands. If you're playing it by yourself, because if my buddy, yeah. if I, if my buddy was over there talking with somebody and it looked like it was going bad, like, yeah, maybe I would go and like get behind the guy who seems like he's going to rain spells on us, you know? Yeah. Get closer <laughs> or even just get closer. Even if you get uh -huh. caught trying to get closer, um, you know, and certain things you'll do will break this, yeah. you know, like you can't just start killing all the ads, but, uh, even getting closer will give you kind of an advantage. Um, and I love how this, uh, plays into the economy as well, because mm -hmm. you can distract a character and then steal from them, Yeah, which is something I've wanted to do in video games forever. Mm -hmm. You know, like whenever, um, I'm playing like a final fantasy and, you know, there's a, there's a way to get back behind the counter and there's a chest there. And mm -hmm. every time you go to the chest, it just gives me a flag that like the guy kicks me out. Mm -hmm. It's like, why can't I have Cecil talk to him and then mm -hmm. just have Rosa go back there and like get some treats, Yeah, you know, pick up everything that isn't, it isn't nailed down. You have diegetic reason for it and it's mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thieving is fun. Um, Super and, fun and serious. <laughs> there's no, there's no like place to put it because it's kind of assumed when we're talking about a CRPG that this will be the case, but the world is littered with goods and doodads and stuff. You're not only going to be picking yeah. up, uh, you know, things from torture, torture tables in, uh, in dungeons and stuff like that. Like if you're in somebody's house, you can go into stealth mode and take like an especially attractive, you know, magical bobble that's laying around. Mm -hmm. It has that kind of elder scrolls appeal. They also do a thing that um, doesn't always happen in modern fallouts where if, if you kill uh, the person who owns a house, mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff is no longer marked as uh, stolen. Oh, nice. Like it's basically you own it. <laughs> so <laughs> if you uh, get caught and you end up taking the person out, you don't have to worry about, you know, karma hits or whatever Yeah. for picking up red items like you would in Fallout 3. I'm my own fence, by which I mean I threw this uh, uh, dumbass who owns this house onto a fence and killed him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he gets to live in fire now, and I'm going to take mm -hmm. his paintings of yeah. Kickstarter backers. Um, <laughs> he has he has an extensive collection of Kickstarter backer paintings. <laughs> I'm going to sell them for about forty gold a piece. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I just I I love uh, sneaking and uh, the way sneaking and thievery is incorporated into the combat. Like those sim elements make these things holistic. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really tough encounter near the end of Act Two where you there's like a mercenary encampment and they have a alchemist on retainer mm -hmm. um, who's called like the potion mixer or something like that. And getting uh, out in front of it and taking all of his potions neutralizes him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we get into this fight and he can't just be quaffing potions like crazy and throwing grenades. Like yeah. I own them now, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it made a really big difference in how that encounter went this time versus last time. Yeah. Um, and it also like keeps keeps track of a bunch of stuff like that. Like early on, there's a 
you know, an important NPC who has some like, you know, modified human bodyguards, these guys or whatever. Uh, if mm-hmm. you kill, if you kill them early on, they won't show up later. Right. Yeah. Like they can make an, you can make a later encounter easier by taking out these things. It's not like they have replacements ready at hand. Yeah. The game doesn't cheat like that, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know exactly what the word is for that, but it's, it's one of my least favorite things that video games do. It's, it's, I don't so, know. You could probably say like it has railroading. It, it like observes ontological um it, it, like, like it has an ontological consistency let's say yes you know it's it not makes just, it feel more real yeah yeah it is not it is not creating creating new things and bending its rules to make up for the fact that you thought ahead yeah yes um the npc dialogue is fully voiced uh, in the game uh really expansive mm-hmm. you know so there there's a lot there's a lot of words in this um <laughs> And it is, uh, the dialogue options are not written out. Um, you're given a role-playing command, but it's not, uh, you know, love, hate newspaper, hate newspaper. Like mm-hmm. it's not Fallout 4. Um, you basically summarize how you would say something and it doesn't do the, uh, you know, you think it's sarcastic, but really you're like, I'm going to kill your fucking family. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, they match up. Yeah. You don't run into any doubt and accuse, uh, kind of disparities. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good way to handle it. Uh, it is a nice, uh, midway because like, I don't know when I just read, when I read out verbatim, what, what I want my character to say and I press it, that feels a little bit dry. The fact that it mm-hmm. says, you know, I say role, role playing commands is like, it's put into asterisk, you know, so it'll say express interest, but be doubtful because of this detail. And then that yes. will, that, that will inform the response that you get back. Uh, which is good. And it gets around your half of the conversation needing to be voiced. It also, um, it's worth saying that like the, the dialogue and story in this game are not embarrassing. Yeah. Um, the dialogue in general is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, we're not talking about mask of the betrayer, like absolutely moving, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of philosophical concepts yeah. or anything. But it's, it's at no point did I, was I embarrassed by something somebody said, mm-hmm. you know, there's a level of polish to the writing and kind of bare genre competence mm-hmm. that is weirdly rarer in this genre than I want it to be. Yeah. Um, I would say it's basically, you know, Baldur's Gate two level, mm-hmm. um, with some additional kind of more trippy concepts as the game goes on mm-hmm. that it handles in an interesting way. But the, uh, I was very happy because the first one is a little bit more discworldy. Um, there's a lot of humor to this game and the first one is a little bit like, actually not a little bit, a lot of it goofier. That's uh, the whole series is. is my understanding that that was one of the things that set this apart even back in like 2002 with divine divinity was that this, that this did kind of have a more overt sense of humor, kind of a lighter tone, uh, you know, a bit more punny, mm-hmm. you know, Discworld is a good comparison based on what I've read. Yeah. This has that as well, uh, specifically when anytime you're talking to animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the actual serious dialogue that is meant to be dramatic doesn't make me want to die. Yes. Uh, it's not so melodramatic or purple mm-hmm. that I get bored or angry. Yeah. It's um, good. Each character has, has different tags, uh, which will give you unique dialogue options um, based on your skills or background. So, like, if you're a character who has mystic or scholar, you'll be able to weigh in on subjects that are around those. Yes. Um, there are things, uh, you know, like mystic jester, you know, scoundrel, you know, criminal mm-hmm. things like that. It's basically etiquette tags from Shadowrun. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, except more expansively deployed. So um, there'll be these will, these are the things they check instead of skills, like whether you can d- decode a book. Yes, you know that you find mm-hmm. things like that, which makes a little bit more sense to me than yes. uh, than I just I, I put a couple of points into skills. At no point in this in this adventure did I study, but now all of a sudden I can read like runic languages or whatever. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's because you're it's because that's what Fane does. Yeah, it's you it's know? where it's You're where he came from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tags also relate to your race or like a specific character. Uh, it mm-hmm. ends up being you know like a lot of times if if a dialogue is more than just uh, you know ambient townsperson uh, kind of stuff, one of these will factor in, and you can get more information. Yeah. Uh, there are persuasion kind of uh kind of checks that you can do uh there is a persuasion uh civil uh, ability which we'll get to those in a little bit um you know that just kind of broadly defines how persuasive you are but uh thankfully there are different versions of persuasion that are modified by your skills and oftentimes when you go into a persuasion you can kind of pick your tack uh, so like yeah. a strength persuasion will have a dialogue option, you know, where you're intimidating them, you know, a wits persuasion will have you trying to like, uh, use your observation or talk them into circles, you know, things like that. Um, it, it's so much smarter to put these all, um, as stat variations on one skill rather than have intimidate fast talk yes. deception. I want to see a tabletop game do this mm-hmm. because I, th- I think this is a smarter way to handle this. Yeah. Um, social skills are kind of a mixed bag. Uh, this, you know, this is one you're going to want. You want a mm-hmm. character who can do persuasion. Yeah. Um, there's, this is a classless system, as we mentioned, like uh, the characters are very, sorry, like school and summertime, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are really customizable, including recruited NPCs. Um, when you go up to recruit somebody, they'll be like, well, naturally I'm a fighter, but I've, I've done a little bit of everything. What do you need in your team? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that is hardwired into them are their starting stats and, uh, their one unique, uh, source ability mm-hmm. and their race. So they'll have a, uh, racial ability, but you can customize <laughs> your team. Normally I'm you like. a dwarf, but I'm pretty agreeable. So I could be an undead if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> like if you'd like, uh, Fane can do that. Fane gets that mask. He does. Uh, yeah, so he it's can neat. he can actually do that. Um, <laughs> so there is kind of uh, min maxing that mm-hmm. can be done in that respect. You don't have to. Yeah, uh, you don't have to do that, but you can, and you can end up with some kind of counterintuitive things. Like so, um, my my fane is a thief because skeletons can pick locks with their fingers, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want to worry about a lockpick economy. Yeah, no. So my you know my fane is a, is a thief slash geomancer as opposed to a wizard, which is his standard. Yeah, uh, thing. The only character whose role that I changed um, is Losa, who is in my party. I made her into a summoner. Yeah. As opposed what to... What does a, she start as? She starts out... Um, I, I, I forget what she starts out as. It's like a debuff. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a debuff mage, like an enchantress like the necromancer. kind of thing. The enchantress necromancer, like yeah, water and... Like yeah, um, yeah, so you can you can change these, and you can change them uh, as you go. You build them however you like, mm-hmm. and you can respec. Um, starting with Act 2, you get unlimited respecs. Um, you can mod that in to have that available in Act 1, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. And this kind of stops you from doing any kind of, you know, analysis paralysis, like, you know, getting afraid of making a suboptimal character. Yeah. You can change. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to do degenerate things like, I don't want to put all these points into lockpicking, but I'm just going to go back to the mirror and put my points into it for this one chest and then go mm-hmm. back. Yeah. But if you're doing that, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, yeah. like, you know, like 
to me, that's no, I, I like that the game allows that because you could also just do that through cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm going to put in the work to teleport back to the ship and do that, I may as well just put in cheat engine and give myself unlimited. Yeah. Lock picking. So there is a little bit of like, I'm in the magic circle. I'm going to agree not to be a degenerate prick mm-hmm. uh, to this unlimited respect system. And I'd much prefer that power be in the hands of the player than the, the developer, really. Yeah. I don't want to so. find like a little doodad uh, around on the earth or have to pay a thousand gold every time or what have you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that would just make, you know, effectively make me not do a respect. And I found myself. I did like one respec after the first act, and that was just because I had done some reading and you know found that like oh the retribution the retribution skill is bullshit. So like maybe use yeah. that point for something else. Just like learning about a couple of dumb stats or yeah, dump abilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there are a couple of dumb stats, but they're not so many of them, and they let you walk out of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, which is good. So the respecting system, big thumbs up, and I think that you know if you're somebody who generally does fall into you know, either alt-itis, uh, where you end up making new characters all the time or like re-rolling because, uh, man, I, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if I want to commit. You don't necessarily have to commit. <laughs> you can yeah. mess around and play with things. And as always, everything is going to respect your choices and your, uh, and your proclivity, what you enjoy engaging with. Well, it makes it, um, you know, you don't end up with a Diablo 3 situation either where you can mm-hmm. just respec at the menu whenever you want. Um, there's a little bit of investment because you'll have invested economically. You'll have gear in, for specific. You know, you'll have gear and, yeah. and skills, you know, that you've bought. So you can't just do it willy-nilly, but you're allowed to do it at a cost, which mm-hmm. I think is the proper balance. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Your starting class, along with all of this, says doesn't have you know it doesn't have an awful lot of impact on you. Uh, you can change everything uh, as as you would like. Uh, the attributes, I mean, so much of this is very much like D and D. Like attributes are just kind of renamed D and D stats um, mm-hmm. again because this game is not interested in hiding information from you. Sometimes to a, sometimes to a fault, there's a little bit of interface clutter in this. Uh, it takes a little bit yeah. to learn how to read it. Uh, but uh, when you mouse over, you can do a show more info and it will tell you what like your current benefit is from being at this stat. And it will show, it will show you what the marginal benefit of a new, of a new point will be in this. Yeah. Yeah. Very tabletop. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, attributes are basically D and D as you mentioned. Um, you get abilities that are divided into combat and civil and you get separate points for them on different, uh, different levels. So that every ability, so every level you'll get a different combat ability, but civil abilities and perks are rarer, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. Forcing uh, you to invest in both is such mm-hmm. a good, is such a good thing. Um, and both the, instead of either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, instead of being like, oh, I, you know having everybody be so hyper specialized like here's somebody who's useless in combat because i need i need a person who can yeah i need we need a face no that doesn't necessarily happen yeah get you a party of four that can do both Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) that that can do all eight yeah um combat ability determines what kind of weapons you can use Mm -hmm. um what kind of spells and skills you're able to use they each also have a special ability to them that yeah. lend themselves to the weapon. So uh, things like ranged combat, instead of increasing just your damage, increases crit chance and, and crit percentage. Mm-hmm. And then you have Huntsman, which is very similar, and that increases uh, the amount of damage you get, uh, buff you get from higher elevations. Yeah. So you have to actually look at what these things do. It's not just a skill point. Mm-hmm. 
um, that you would have. Yes. Um, and stats will determine which equipment you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, there is level gating and stat gating. So you can't just, you can make a mage that can wear a super heavy armor. There's no reason why not to. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the stat investment. Yes. You have to be Look. strong enough to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, civil abilities um, are things like persuasion, barter, lore master, and then your thief abilities. Yes. So sneaking and thieving. Um, these cap out in, a, in another decision I really like. Um, equipment, the main thing with equipment in this is that they give you buffs mm-hmm. to different skills and stats. Um, these cap out is five points. You can put in them naturally. Mm-hmm. But there are checks that require six or seven yeah. uh, for it, for like the really big ones. So like, you know, being a CRPG worth its salt, you can talk end bosses out of fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that fallout lineage. But you need to be superhumanly persuasive. Yes. It's not enough just to have made a face character. You have to be the face character who's also wearing like a full set of persuasive <laughs> gear. I I agree with what you're saying, but <laughs> I would be more inclined you're not, not to kill you if you didn't if you were wearing a better hat. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're not dressed like Matthew Lesko enough. So I don't know if you can make me question my decision. Question. <laughs> like the uh, so you you have to actually really push it, mm-hmm. uh, and this allows you to do some pretty incredible things. Like my my thief right now, I think his thievery level is sitting at an eight, mm-hmm. which I can clean out merchants. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, because there's they do a neat thing with thieving where you have uh, a likely how much stuff you can take from them in terms of value and space. Yeah, uh, that increases with your thieving ability. It's not six chance of success because there's a minimum, you know, mm-hmm. a certain character's level, you won't be able to steal from them at all, but you can end up in a situation where you can steal from somebody, but you only can grab one item. Yeah. And then as you go, you can grab more and more stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. Like at low level, you can pick their pockets, maybe take some coins, maybe take a potion or whatever. <laughs> at high in a high level, level like, you get to like take the armor. Where the fuck are my pants? <laughs> my van braces. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 de- I depoldroned you. <laughs> You've been depoldroned. <laughs> oh, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that that touch because just a chance of success is boring mm-hmm. you know like this this you know like i'd reload you yeah. know if i get caught during this thing like it, this is maybe too consequential i could roll with the the thing and that's fine i can kill the merchant and kill the guards and that's perfectly viable yeah. but if that's not how i want to play it why make this you know give me the information tell me the chance of success and say like hey you can take that thing you really want but he's gonna know mm-hmm. you know the the, the marker is gonna go red there's no way he doesn't notice this yes um, real quick, just while we're on civil abilities, mm-hmm. uh, they also do a thing that's really interesting where, and, uh, the characters are not super idiots. Like they'll realize stuff is missing mm-hmm. and they have a system where if a merchant or somebody realizes something is missing, uh, the area around them becomes a crime scene. I love that. And they, if you're around, they'll, they'll ask you like, Hey, like somebody took something from me. Do you mind if I search your bag? Mm-hmm. And you either have to persuade them out of it or fight or let them search. You there with find... my pauldrons. Have you seen my pauldrons? <laughs> hey, where are my pants? Um, there was a, in, when I was in high school, there was this, this guy, uh, who was kind of like a weird outsider dude. Okay. And, uh, in gym class, uh, if we didn't have a shirt, if we didn't have the right color shirt, Mm-hmm. You know, we had to wear black shorts and an orange shirt for our school colors. Oh, weird. And um, the teacher said, like, if you need a shirt, you know, ask me. Because apparently just had a big pile of leftover shirt from presumably dead old high school students. Right, right. And uh, that kid gained a certain amount of, like, cool high school fame by all of us sitting around in our squads waiting for Jim. And him walking uh, stock straight out of the locker room without his shirt going, I need a shirt. I need a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, very good. Confidence. Uh, Jeff. 
Um, but you, the person will, will question you for that. Mm -hmm. And merchants will not, you know, buy their own things mm -hmm. back from you. Like something can be marked as stolen. So if you get searched, you're in trouble. But if you go to another town and sell that, they're not going to be like, oh, there's a, a weird whiff of stolenness to this armor. <laughs> right. You know, I have super information. Uh -huh. I can't take that. Like they don't know because that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so. Mm -hmm. um, good shit. It's good stuff. Uh, and like the, the civil abilities are also like barter and things like that. Something that I wish I knew ahead of time was that you have thievery and sneaking, uh, mm -hmm. that determines, uh, your ability to get by, uh, unnoticed outside of combat. Um, yes. in combat, uh, you know, it, I think it is kind of more dependent on positioning and things like that. Uh, and like vision cones. Uh, also when you're sneaking, you, uh, on the, uh, on the world map, you can see vision cones as well. Yeah. Yep, uh, you get sight lines. Yes. So there, there is a stealth integrated into this uh, in a way. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. um, you also get talents. These are the rarest thing you get. Um, I think it's like every four or five levels. Mm -hmm. um, these are like feats in D&D &D or perks in Fallout. These are permanent changes to your abilities and how you use skills and spells. Mm -hmm. um, they have ability gates. So, you know, you need to be this much of a scoundrel mm -hmm. to do this. Um, and these are very powerful. Yeah. Um, there are ones that you, they're useful for anybody, you know, so we mentioned attacks of opportunity before, uh, for people who don't know, that's if somebody like turns their back to you and mm -hmm. walks away, whether you can attack them, um, that's something you buy yes. through this and there are, uh, incompatibilities. So you can have that with you. Um, but you can't have the thing called the pawn, which allows you to move, uh, one movement thing for free. It's the pawn, the pawn and executioner are, uh, uh are incompatible mostly oh, because yeah, it would, it would allow you to, uh, cross an entire map by killing people. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, the attack of opportunity is incompatible with duck, duck goose, which allows you to avoid attacks of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, the executioner gives you extra action points when you, uh, kill an enemy, uh, the pawn that you move for free. These are very useful. Yes. Um, there are ones that I would never mess around with that are like fiddly and elemental focused. Yes. Like I have, uh, you know, in my future kind of thinking of different playthroughs of this, I've thought about doing like the four elements, mm -hmm. like doing four mages that are hyper specialized yeah. in those, those four spheres. And then I would fuck up these, these perks, but mm -hmm. Um, have not played that yet. Yeah. Like the, like the elemental ones, like the big one that I saw, which I may or may not mess around with, but it seems really kind of dangerous. And there are other ones I would get before it, but like elemental affinity, which is like, if you stand in water, your water spells, um, they take uh, one less action point. Yeah. Which, which is, is huge. huge. Yeah. yeah. You get free uh, stuff. Jinx. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we said it's huge at the same time. Uh, but also like you have to stand in fire, uh, but you can spec so fire won't hurt you very much. So, you yeah. know, everything can be kind of built around and built towards. Uh, and there are stats that are very obviously meant for different kinds of people. So like for my caster, like having far out man, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> which uh, extends your range on things and having, I think it's like savage sortilage, uh, yes, which yeah. gives uh, a critical chance on damage spells. Like that's really important for your casters and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a uh, torturer. Mm -hmm. which allows certain um, status effects to go through armor. Uh, that's necessary for any fighters you have. Yes. So you can, you can bypass that armor system. Yeah. Um, that is uh, very good. Uh, special attention uh, to pet pal. Yep. Um, 
Pet Pal uh, was in the original version as a talent. Um, one of the mods that the in- creators included made that instead give you a bonus and made everyone able to talk to animals because they realized it was such an integral part of the game they made. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most delightful, uh, you know, conversations and really cool quests also uh, come from this. Also, some of the most heartbreaking. I did teach a oh, dog about sad. the concept of death. <laughs> you do have to teach dogs about death a lot. <laughs> No, um, he go sleep long time, not wake up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very we three, uh, the way dogs are uh, portrayed. Um, did you run into? I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in the uh, in Fort Joy. Did you run into the uh, sorcerer crab? I did not run into the sorcerer crab. I saw oh. you post a screenshot of the sorcerer crab, uh, or it's just a, of a write up about the sorcerer crab. Describe it uh, now because you brought yeah. it up. The um, you run into a crab and you can talk to him because you can talk to animals, and they say that they're on Fort Joy because they're a powerful sorcerer. They've been captured <laughs> just like you, and they no follow up questions. Uh-huh. Um, when we were there, the, the the sorcerer crab saved me from an assassin, uh, <laughs> saved my red prince from an assassin, which was awesome. And then you think there's like oh there's nothing to that, and then two acts later, you run into another crab who says he's a source hunter, uh, which is what you are in the first game, uh-huh. and they'll ask you whether you've seen the first crab, and if you say like yeah I, you know I like that crab, he turns into a giant crab and you have to fight him. That is so good. Uh, I'm fucking so fucking excited. There's a really good part in uh, Act Two uh-huh. where there's a character who has a, a pet dog and a pet cat, mm-hmm. and they ask you to settle a bet for who like which one their master loves more. And they're having a very, like, cat and dog situation. So the uh-huh. dog is just like, you know, he says, I'm a good boy. He never says good cat. You know, the, and the, the cat's like, yeah, I, he might admire you, but he has to actually understand the sophistication of me to love. Mm-hmm. Love is a more complicated emotion than that. You might think you love him, but it's just this base affection. And they just have this little debate. Uh, and, you know, it's just this little tiny little questlet. Uh-huh. Um, there's a really good bit with a turtle that's in love with a rat. And the turtle moves too slow to catch up with the rat. Okay. Um, and the rat is always hungry. Uh, so you had to leave a little trail of food to the turtle to get the rat to walk up to the turtle so they can talk, so they can fall in love. And you just get some experience points, and then they get little hearts by them. And that's it. Like, that's the quest. But it's it's so fucking adorable. You helped sin against nature. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I created the first trat, you know? Or, or rurtle. Rurtle. <laughs> Um, you know, but it's it just like, man, a rat with a turtle shell. Oh, unstoppable. That fucked up. Like Splinter got, went too far. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> like, um, that would, that's what would happen if the mutagen ooze landed on Splinter and the turtles. And while he was holding the turtles. Yes. Yeah. Instead of just on the turtles, like, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Yeah. That's interesting. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody has that. drawn that. So, yeah. I'm very curious about that now. Because like if I if I just had a turtle shell, like I just had my normal flesh body, but there's also a turtle shell. Yeah. Think of the ergonomics. It'd be horrible. That'd be awful. You wouldn't be able to sit down. Turtle, yeah, I couldn't sit, t- couldn't turtles sleep. ain't got asses. Come on, man. No. You gotta balance yeah, that hell? shit. Come on. That'd be really difficult. I hope that never happens to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any sorcerers out there, please don't. Yeah, please. I I prefer not to be polymorphed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's really incredible. Like pet pal talking to every animal is worth it. Mm-hmm. And you get, you get hints and stuff to you. Like you'll be yeah. in a dungeon and a rat will tell you a secret way through things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, they have a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the jokes come through in this. Yes. So. I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. lots of equipment. You're going to be working very hard to keep your equipment up to date. Uh, uh, you know, this is fiddly in that regard. Uh, you can find in the world, you will buy and barter from people that you meet. 
uh, there is a, there is an affinity system where if you uh, think that you're going to be working with a particular vendor, you will want to give them things, either give them money or give them um, items in order to raise that that affinity stat to get bigger discounts in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with barter. Um, one of the mods that they added in was it'll always take your character with the highest barter mm-hmm. into account, uh, which is great. So you don't have to just switch to them. Yeah. Do I talk? Uh, the way that equipment works in this is a little bit like plus three percent frost damage shit. Yeah. Um, you tend to get when you get a bonus to a stat that's significant because mm-hmm. that's the equivalent of a level and levels are huge. Yeah. Um, but there's not much in the way of bespoke equipment that has unique effects. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some. Uh, it's just rarer. Right. Than than you might want. Um, and there is kind of a, you know, it's it's not a huge bummer uh, to me but I can understand people bouncing off it is doing the, like, what is the rhythm in which I check my equipment? Yeah. You know? Cause it's, it's not going to be every time you get something. No. Uh, for me, I tend to do it between adventures. Mm-hmm. Like I go into a whole quest line and then I check my equipment and go to the store uh, and sell off my extras. Something that was a bit of a bummer in that regard is the inventory and encumbrance system. So every character has their own inventory um, and they each have their own kind of carrying capacity. I wish that there was a way to like press a button to like distribute the weight like mm. across uh, different people like automatically because I understand you know like okay everybody needs to have their own potions or they would need to have their own loadouts because you know like this health potion has no use for Fane I need that poison baby um, <laughs> you know I understand that but like you know if I'm running around as my main character and then all of a sudden I'm coming up like switching over to beast or somebody else who has high strength in order to pick stuff up and use him as my pack mule uh is kind of annoying and something that I just found myself bouncing against more so than in other RPGs of a similar kind of ilk it's it's a it's interesting because there's kind of a half measure yeah. with it um in the options you can turn on something called magic pockets uh, which allows people to use things from other people's inventory. Only so, outside of combat. <clears throat> uh, inside combat as well, at least in the enhanced edition. Oh, I thought that it was um, only outside of combat. Yep. Nope. You, yeah, you can do it with anybody. So what, what I do is I just have whoever my strongest person is carry everything. Mm-hmm. It still ends up being obnoxious for another reason, though, which is trying to find a specific item. Yes. Because my uh, I expect uh, Lose is my fighter, and it is uh, just her inventory is a couple pages long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's huge. And that is a bummer. Um, there's a really robust crafting and item modification system in mm-hmm. this, uh, down to where you can create uh, almost anything from the game. Yeah. So you can create an oil barrel if you, uh, you know, if you don't, don't have one. Sometimes you need an external, like a device, like a crafting table or an oven or a campfire, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, generally, you're going to use these for scrolls and potions. Yes. Um, and arrows more yeah. than you're going to use these for armor and weapons. That's what I've ended up running into. Like all these staples, right. Uh, has been yeah. uh, kind of, kind of the deal for me. Uh, you know, and you talk about needing special equipment, all that's available on your, um, uh, hub after the first act. Yes. So, yeah, you have, yeah, you eventually just get that, uh, mm-hmm. active, which is great. Yeah. Um, and this is down to like, this is for detail. You know, there's like a very robust food system in this. They'll give you certain buffs for mm-hmm. like a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, and you can just get tons of food and make little dishes and stuff. Uh, I don't engage with this that much outside of, you know, grenades, arrows, potions, yes. and scrolls. Uh, but it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, this is rigorous. It's a difficult game, uh, Gary. It is. 
this is hard. It you know it is up to you to stack the decks in your favor uh, in this game. <laughs> uh, um, for me, I found it being just a little bit too rigorous to make progress. You know, um, mm-hmm. survivability was a big issue. Uh, just kind of seemed like enemies were uh, uh, stomping circles around me. Uh, what I what I appreciate is when there is something between normal and easy. Uh, so they've got the whatever, whatever they call the normal, and then they have story mode, which is you know there is still combat, but it's pretty undemanding. Uh, they have kind of a, a an in between spot called Explorer that is a perfect sweet spot for me. Yeah, I I, I always want uh, you know player determined difficulties. Yes. For this stuff, I'm playing it normal right now, and I'm at the point where I'm stomping mm-hmm. um, a little bit much, just because I've been through these. So I'm going to bump it up mm-hmm. uh, is my my current plan. But you can change it at any point. So yeah. this also stops you from getting to an encounter and just being locked. Yeah, you know, not only because the the game is very nonlinear and there's almost always stuff to do, and a lot of the encounters are optional, mm-hmm. but also you can just switch it to a story mode for an encounter and then switch it back if you need to. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Um. I'm sure there's other stuff that we will have to uh, get to when it pops up in the game because it is a really complex and very uh, meaty game. Mm -hmm. Um, Very generous. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the aesthetics. So we already, uh, you know, talked about the mechanics are the lead in this. The writing is no slouch. I especially am a big fan of the pre-made companions. Uh, they're great yeah each of them is interesting in their own way like uh, like i said the dwarf you like violence you know like pretty cool backstory to that dude um yeah you know like he's got buddies around the world who are gonna like tell you his backstory which is fun um like really awesome thing about beast too is that uh depending on which side of the dwarven politics they they lay on they'll mm -hmm. say different things about him yes um i was reading about that so like he has a different reputation in different parts of the world Mm mm-hmm and it's kind of up to you to determine which is true. Yeah. Uh, but which even the cool. even the human, you know, who's just kind of like a you know, a darker, edgier Aragorn kind of guy, uh, you know, like he's a member of like a mercenary assassin guild kind of thing. Like like each of them, and like those are the two most most boring characters that you can get. Yeah, <laughs> right? um, and everybody is more interesting from there, and both of them are are well done, and also uh, like just incredibly voice acted. Yes. Um, you know, not all the voice acting in the game is absolutely astounding. Like it's all pretty good. You mm-hmm. know, again, nothing embarrasses me. Yeah. Um, the main characters are just really likable. Yeah. Um, I like hanging out with these folk. Yes. Um, it's interesting too, because you get a different version of them when you play as them versus when you have them in your party. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I played through the game, I had Losa in my party. Now I'm playing as Losa. I'm getting a lot more detail on her quest, but I am determining her voice. Hmm. You know, so it's uh, I, I think you mentioned that your fane is like a well-meaning, curious skeleton. <laughs> Very affable. Uh, yes. Affable skeleton in you know real fane, canon fane <laughs> uh, is very arrogant. Uh, OK. Um, you know, and he's not he's still you thaw out these people who are her jerks. Like this is a, a group of damaged people. Yeah. Um, and you thaw them out. Um, and there's like weird, surprising kind of softness. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rolling with the red prince and this, who is also very arrogant. He's an arrogant uh, lizard man. Mm-hmm. And the experience of like going through him with his journey and seeing that he's actually like, you know, uh, uh, not a hooker with a heart of gold, but you know, has a heart of gold. <laughs> what? You know, can you, can you, can you clarify yeah, like, that a little bit more? Yeah. Like, like it's not, it's not like he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, subverting the expectation. Yeah. Like you think he's just going to be a haughty asshole, but he's actually like very much a romantic 
Gotcha. And he's he's very sweet. He's just really guarded and kind of insecure. Mm-hmm. And that comes out really subtly throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, in a way that's very well observed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just just generally like up and down. I, you know, haven't hit like a like a sour note with uh, with any of them, you know, it, and mm-hmm. it was difficult to decide which two I was going to leave to their uh, ignominious deaths. So, yeah. Bye bye, Ifan and Red Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Ifan good. Like, Ifan doesn't have that much to do. Yeah. With stuff. So, yeah. um, even though he's, again, better than you might think. Yes. Um, the world itself and the stakes uh, initially feel very generic. Um, it's kind of just, you know, you, you know, fantasy, you, un- you basically understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the kind of religious order, uh, oppressing a mage group, mm-hmm. you know, dragon age kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as it goes on, it spirals out yeah. into being a little bit more ambitious and singular, mm-hmm. uh, than this. Once you start learning about, um, the source and the, the original gods and, and, and everything, um, it's a little bit cooler yeah then it starts off by the time we reach the end of the stuff we're covering in this episode it feels very different um yeah you know because you're going to learn you know what the gods are and what their relationship is you know with the goings-on that are happening right now what they what they used to be that's all cool and good and like even before that as you're learning details about why the divinity are uh doing what they're doing by hunting down sorcerers and kind of what the way that they uh, either rationalize or don't rationalize what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like that makes it a lot more interesting than Dragon Age 2, where they're, you know, even the leader doesn't justify it at all. He doesn't feel the need to explain himself to you, but he just mm-hmm. kind of says, you know, I am doing this not because I think it's right or because it's going to be a justice. I know how, I know how history is going to remember me. This is about survival. Um, and I think that that alone, you know, maybe, maybe coming off of Dragon Age 2 and the way that they handled that conflict, my expectations are very low. That alone made it way more interesting to me to understand where these people in this order were coming from. They're just not idiots. Yes. You know, like there are evil idiots. You know, there Mm -hmm. are people who are evil for the sake of evil, but it's not a monolith. Yeah. Um, and you get both sides of it. And it doesn't feel as fakey as Dragon Age. Like mm-hmm. the second act largely involves uh, checking in with different sorcerers, you know, which are the people who are hunted. And some of them, uh, real bad dudes. Yeah, probably um, shouldn't you know, be in Gen Pop. And some of them are actually incredibly solid, you mm-hmm. know, and really good. It's complicated. You know, and you'll run into, uh, you know, sorcerers who are oppressed for no reason, who are not hurting anybody and people who suffer because they're sheltering them. And uh, it just does. It's I didn't really put this together during Dragon Age 2, Mm -hmm. but this does a so much so much of a better job with those themes and stuff. Yeah. Than that does of like, you know, a a potentially dangerous classification of people. Yes. Which is dicey territory in in the best of times. But this Mm -hmm. is model handling of it in terms of showing a little bit more nuance. Yes. Agreed. Uh, the mm-hmm. music, Gary. Holy shit, the music. Yeah. I expected that one, it to just be uh, some combat lutes. one. Oh, the song that plays on your uh, on your hub, on the Lady of Vengeance. Like, yeah. f- fucking earwormy as all hell. And even just like the, regu- the regular, you know, just overworld song. The yeah, yeah. That, very good. Um, I like how you can choose the lead instrument that plays for individual characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has kind of a dy- dynamic score going along. 
a Peter and the Wolf kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, are you what uh, you're playing this on PS4? Correct. Uh, you said. Yeah. So are you playing it with the controller? So I imagine. Yes. So I'm I'm playing with the controller now too. I'm playing it on Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh this the note next to what you have in the uh the the notes here only really applied for me with controller. Yes. Not that it's not a note, but I'm just I'm also running into a problem with this mm-hmm. um that I didn't run into when I was playing it with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So I'll I'll explain it here. Um I like how detailed and colorful things are. I do wish that there was a way to wireframe it or cut down on the detail or like the, you know, the sway of things that like the wind blows or what have you. Uh, because mm-hmm. like, you know, most pressingly I ended up getting a lot of like misclicks, uh, sometimes. Yeah. And I wish that there was a way to do, you know, to have like combat undo, uh, like that would be fun just because there were just like some honest mistakes where like, no, I thought I was going to be behind that guy, but I kind of walked off to the side and got an attack of opportunity. Well, that, that sucks. Uh, stuff like that. Um, that is totally, you know, just an expected result of playing it on uh, on a controller, which generally is fine. Um, I, I just kind of weighed the precision of a mouse and keyboard versus I'm going to be playing this for 80 hours and I'm going to be on my overstuffed recliner. God damn it. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, but uh, uh, I think that the thing that would hold that would hold true, even if I was on a mouse and keyboard right on top of this visual clutter, it, it does make this difficult to read to, you know, to certain degrees. Yeah. Yeah. With mouse and keyboard, you know, you zoom in and you kind of get a macro view and it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But with controller, I keep ac- or initially I kept accidentally stealing things. Oh, geez. Which is, you know, not what you want to do. Like <laughs> you can get away with like trying to and they'll warn you, you know, it's not yeah, like it's instant, yeah. uh, instant guards getting called. But mm-hmm. that is a bummer mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, this is part of a long running series uh, by Larian Studios. It began with Divine Divinity in 2002. Uh, which I played and is kind of like a Diablo clone. I did not play mm-hmm. very much of it. Yeah. Um, and these games take place in this kind of shared world and history, but this game and the one before this Divinity Originals and one uh, stand alone. Yes. So don't feel intimidated if you haven't played Dragon Commander or what have you. Yeah. Or don't feel intimidated if you haven't played Divinity Originals and one. This takes place thousands of years after that one does. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Divinity Originals and one good game. Mm-hmm. You know, great game. Uh, it's one of those cases where this more or less obviates it. Yeah. You know, uh, like Grimrock 2. Right, right. I was going to make uh, like that comparison like, if you didn't. Yeah. So it's it's still very good. Uh, this is is just better if you're going to do one mm-hmm. or the other. Yeah. Uh, the first Divinity Original Sin uh, was a Kickstarter success. Uh, Larian had turned to Kickstarter kind of out of desperation uh, because their internal funding had dried up and they needed uh, an extra kick. Uh, to finish it, uh, they went to Kickstarter right away with Original Sin 2 because they liked the experience of having fans kind of involved uh, early on in the process. Mm-hmm. That can be, you know, uh, hit or miss <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. as far oh, as yeah. uh, developers and their relationship with crowdfunders can go. Uh, it worked for them. And for the sequel, it was really successful. They passed their goal within 12 hours and, in fact, um, surpassed many of the stretch goals before they were even announced. Uh, people yeah. just kind of wanted to pre-order this game and support the effort. Yeah, the, the first one was a big hit. Yeah. Um, one of the bigger internal changes they made in the studio between one and two was hiring more writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding complexity to the game's character and story. This shows yeah. uh, that the biggest upgrade between Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 is the story and writing. Yeah. Uh, the story and writing in the first one does have moments of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, you spend a lot of time with an interdimensional imp. 
And uh, that's never a good sign, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not, not so into an interdimensional imp. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's, yeah it's, stick to one imp. Stick uh, to one dimension. A, uh, you're, you're starting in debt when you show me a, an interdimensional imp. It can be good, but you got a lot of work to do uh, to yeah. show me that it was not my it. imp. Not my interdimension. <laughs> don't don't feel like dealing with those imps. Yeah. Um, so that that is a huge, huge, huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, after the initial release, Larian created the definitive edition, um, which changed the majority of a later act in the game, smoothed over uh, some character storylines, specifically Beast. Yes. And then uh, added a bunch of official versions of fan-made mods. They're called gift packs, mm-hmm. uh, which you turn on and off. Um, these are great. Yeah. Uh, these are ease of use things like um, being able to move faster. Mm-hmm. Outside of combat, uh, godsend. Um, you know, uh, as I, I mentioned before, the thing that gives everyone pet pal, mm-hmm. it makes pet pal give you a bonus when talking yeah. to animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, godsend. Yeah. Uh, so. These are on the console version as well uh, through the yes. definitive edition. So I was a little bit worried because you had talked about like, yeah, it's a hard game, but you can, you know, make it a little bit easier through mods. Just give it an honest try and then, and then you know, turn to them after you know the know what the game is like. I was like, ah, I played it on PS4. We'll see. Whatever it is, it's amazing that they brought these over onto the PS4 and onto the Switch. Um, yes, good move on their part. Uh, it does mm-hmm. disable trophies, but fortunately, I don't care. Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, like oh, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, you mean I can't have this fake? You know, can, <laughs> how many other fake things don't I get? We could put Barry for having more fun. We could put Barry Bonds in the fucking Hall of Fame, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the uh, you know not getting the trophies like there's the uh-huh. that bag of chips I saw that was like free of over one thousand unnatural ingredients, <laughs> and I was like you know it should be free of a lot more than that. There are a lot of things I can think of that are unnatural. That's that's weirdly like a like a, a Borges short story hook like the bag yeah. that, that that lists every ingredient that's not in it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really uh, pretty incredible, and it's like oh you mean I don't I don't get these uh, these fun bucks. And I get this trophy to drag to brag to my divinity friends. If I if I make if I make my character move faster outside of combat, uh-huh. the gamers are broken. Um, I just what is wrong with you? Oh, um, this is ridiculous. I, the uh, so the de- definitive uh, part of the definitive edition was uh, working with Focus Home Interactive to port the game to consoles, including Switch. How does it run uh, on this Switch? Works, I could see it been a little bit shuggy. It's great. Oh, it cool. runs. It runs. Uh, it takes a long time to load. Yeah. So a quick load is slow. Other than that, though, uh, it runs great. And in terms of it just being adapted for controller, the uh, area search. Oh, function, amazing! Yeah, that's incredible. Uh-huh. Like it's just a really, really good way to handle that. Um, that where you? Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Describe that. Well, you get a you hold down a button to create a radius around you, and then it just gives you a list of everything that's around you that you can examine or interact with. Yeah. Rather than having to walk right up to it or click it. Um, this took me a little while to get used to as I was used to keyboard mouse, but now that I'm used to it, it's, it's, you know, there's no difference between my hands and the controller. Like yeah. I'm directly connected. It's uh it's really nice. Again, I was worried about the, the controller, uh, kind of aspect of it. It is not a problem for like 95% of the interactions. Uh, and it's yeah. nice to be able to play it on my big, uh, I'm a big TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Li- living room boys. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a bed boy myself. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so this was uh, released to glowing reviews, really well-received game, uh, nominated by many awards, even though it didn't get mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them, uh, snubbed for quite a few of them, yeah. uh, which is a bummer. This was, you know, easily my, my favorite game of 
2017. Yeah, like an example that that just kind of shows like for certain for certain categories, let's say the 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 distinctions get a little bit uh, weird. Like for the video game awards in 2017, this was nominated for best RPG, but it lost to Persona Five. I don't doubt yeah. that Persona Five is a very good game, but that's a little bit like comparing apples and oranges. They're yes. extremely different experiences that are aiming for different kinds of things. Yeah. No. And I'm sure we've talked about before how the video game award is very funny and dumb sounding. It is. Yes. Um, less, the, dumb, uh, less dumb sounding than the Spike VGAs. But <laughs> yeah. Well, even though the VGAs also stands for video game awards. But the addition of Spike, uh, yeah, Spike the, doesn't the help. Spike network does not help. Uh, I'm only the, saying the it's nuke, relative. Yeah. The Nuke VGAs. <laughs> the Scorch VGAs. Yeah. Scorch network. <laughs> um, there was a follow-up that was being made uh, in the same engine, but with more of a tactics focus mm-hmm. um, that was going to star the game's main cast called Divinity Fallen Heroes. Um, this has been on hiatus for a really long time because uh, I'm pretty sure that the, you know, Larian got surprised by having Baldur's Gate 3 fall into their lap. Yeah. Um, that's still in early access. I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am intimidated and made stressed by its existence because I know it exists and I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it will be a huge, huge, huge spicy meatball. Yeah. Uh, I feel comfortable waiting for it to come out of early access. Like I know divinity originals, like both of these games came out in early access and it was generally just fine. Uh, it's nice having that excuse, uh, to feel okay. Having not played it. However, having played divinity original sin, I can totally understand why wizards of the Mm -hmm. coast would trust Larian with, uh, specifically that kind of combat. Um, and yeah, that kind of story or that kind of game. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited for it. Yeah. Um, they also, the other thing they might be distracted with is doing a board game yes. uh, version of this, which I am uh, a proud Kickstarter of. Ooh. Um, look for my little portrait. Um, no, didn't, didn't do that <laughs> tier, but I'm really looking forward to it because this game, uh, like a lot of my favorite games has that feeling mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, this could basically be a tabletop game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, having a board game version of it sounds very fun to me. I saw photos of it. It looked really involved. Yeah. Yeah. Which as well, it should be like Mm -hmm. you have equipment and stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to play a version of this in my garage while I have to keep track of all the math. (laughs) It's like the musical equivalent of putting on a record rather than like just firing up an MV3 player, you know, (laughs) I want to do the work. The dice, the dice rolls just feel warmer than the, uh, random number generator in the game. Yeah. 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 Very much so. It's fun to roll dice. It is. Yeah, um, that's going to be it for our uh, generalities. We're going to get into it. Uh, just know that there will be spoilers and stuff. Um, that's going to be more of a thing in the next episode mm-hmm. where kind of the big plot hits happen yes. uh, at a faster pace. Um, but if you are going to play this, I recommend it. If you are at all a CPR, CRPG person, uh, don't be too intimidated. Like if you can understand Final Fantasy tactics, I feel like you can understand this. Yeah. Um, you know, with a little bit of work and it is worth it. Agreed. So we start off with a, a pretty quick cutscene here of this witch that is using source magic to summon monsters in the middle of the city uh, because she is trying to get arrested and sent to somewhere called Fort Joy. Um, 
you know, which is, uh, you know, they should have called it Sadness Island. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, look, look they should have called place. it Divorce Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just a little bit of a, you know, it's Orwellian, just like living, you're living in America now. No. It's yeah, just... being on Twitter, being conservative on Twitter. Jeez. Well, yeah. no, just, Boy, you, it's so it, hard for you. <laughs> Everything uh, is named the opposite. I like that it is called Fort Joy and everybody talks about it like it's hell. Uh, and it's oh, pretty hellish. Should have gone to Candy Apple, Candy Apple Island. Uh, it's, te- it's, Apes. <laughs> it's, technically, <laughs> it's technically a peninsula. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, and she says that she went there to kill Godwoken, but instead became part of their story. Kind of a minor um, part of their story. <laughs> it's it's kind of strange. Like this has evidence of kind of rewriting. Yeah. You know, this character is not actually huge mm-hmm. in the story. She does show up some more. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and what a Godwoken is, is not really explained. At this point, um, the idea is in the cosmology of this, there is a person who is what is a divine, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a super pope, you know, uh, yeah. half human, half God, kind like, of thing. like a like a like a chosen avatar who is born that way, you know, yes. uh, like the, the, and the, like in this world for the divinity, there is this, you know, the last divine named Lucian uh, had passed away. He is, you know, explicitly talked about like a Christ like figure. He is yes. invoked in the same and ways. So there are people around who are Godwoken who have potential to become this next demigod super pope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we begin with uh, kind of our tutorial, uh, Troubled Waters, where we are on like a torture table in shackles mm-hmm. and we a uh, person named Magister Swan. Uh, magisters are basically, you know, the Templars. Yeah, the Templars uh, this... for the divinity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, releases you from your shackles. Mm-hmm. Here, um, and this a, is different. This, this, a lot of the stuff is going to be different because we played as different characters. So I did not oh. have a grinning skull address me. Okay, so yeah, I had a grinning skull address me, and you know, kind of talk about because I, I played as Fane, right, the mm-hmm. undead guy. So I, I guess it makes sense that an undead would talk to him and say, so like, "Oh, I can mm-hmm. see behind your mask, buddy. You're not fooling anybody." Who addresses Losa? Uh, nobody. You just oh. talk to Madrasus Huan. Eventually, you get um, the demon inside her. Uh, we'll kind of start putting in some asides. Uh, that relationship, you know, which we'll talk about, is played really, really well and creepily. Mm. Um, really, really well observed abusive relationship stuff. Gotcha. Um, especially during parts where she tries to get help and the demon is talking to people who are trying to help her and the demon's uh, urge to kind of isolate her oh, yeah. from helplines and stuff. Like it feels very, very well observed right. for abuse so much so that like, if I had a lot of experience with that, it might be difficult for me to, it might be to a get lot. through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, works for being creepy and upsetting though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I was worried when I had this grinning skull, I was like, oh, are they just going to do more? <laughs> like, is that well, what this it's, is going it's to a, be? I think it's a tribute. I think it's a shout yeah, out. Yeah. Um, Divinity Original Sin 1 begins with two characters investigating a murder, okay. which is, I think, is a shout out to Ultima 7. Mm. Um, I think this is them, you know, paying homage, you know, to the, to the greats or what have you. Yeah. Um, the, the reason why the skull can see through your disguise is you can't just walk around as a skeleton in this world. Nope. Um, you know, you have to have a helmet on or be disguised as a different race. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Fane, you start out with your magical three-faced helmet that will let you shapeshift. Uh, into any mm-hmm. race and uh, that will also confer that will confer uh, racial bonuses onto you as well. So you can yeah. uh, uh, 
you know, turn into a lizard man. If you want to dig, dig stuff up, you're very versatile as an undead. The undead uh, racial bonus is great, mm-hmm. uh, which is just playing dead. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just pretend to have died in combat and enemies will ignore you. Yeah. Um, it, re- it pauses your cooldown, so you can't do it to cheese things. But uh, undead also heal from poison mm-hmm. and uh, get hurt from healing stuff. So, you know, powerful clerics on the other side were constantly killing my Fane. Right. Uh, so if he was about to die, I had him play dead quite a bit. Yep. Have him, have him uh, play dead in a puddle on. of poison. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> slurp. <laughs> like, I'm getting some floor slurps. <laughs> If I was going to play dead, I would want to do it in a pile of gummy bears or something. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. you just, you know, like, just stand off, stand like off Frank when he sneaks <laughs> pocket <laughs> sausage into his mouth yeah. when he's an extra. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, this is a tutorial, basically, that we are under lock and key, um, and we're learning the ropes of how to get around. Um, there's a, a guy in a cell who begs you to let him out and then uh, fights you. Yeah. Um, and this teaches you about surfaces. Like there's a little oil slick mm-hmm. outside his cell, which is very likely to get lit on fire. Yeah. Um, there's a magister there uh, who you can either sneak and steal his key to open the cell or convince him or fight him, etc. This is a little microcosm. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of different ways to kind of approach these different situations. Uh, unless we didn't make it abundantly clear or in, in, in case we didn't make it abundantly clear, we're on the ship on the way to Fort Joy right now. Yes. Uh, along with a bunch of sorcerers who have been collared. Uh, we have these collars on that suppress any source abilities. So you can see on your menu uh, these things that uh, you should be able to do but cannot. So kind of tempting you uh, later on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you go up to the next deck, your journal updates and you get some background information. Um, I like the way that the journal is split out in this game between uh, quests and chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, chronicles are like the long form story stuff. Yeah. So you can get updated on that, like where you're at in the story. And then quests are more direct. Right. And they'll update in a really granular way. Like it, there aren't quest markers. It doesn't tell you mm-hmm. exactly what to do, but it'll be like, hey, this person said there was a problem here. Maybe that's where we should go next. Yeah. Um, uh, it feels very diegetic. The thing that I love about the chronicle uh gary it's presented in a bullet point list yeah <laughs> bullet point lists are great i love it, it what if it was pre- presented in a list or a, a link to a youtube walkthrough <laughs> you know it's going be horrible but instead it just gives you the information in the best possible way like yeah bullet point lists are a godsend i love them a god woken send i yeah. need i want to i want the bible in bullet point list please dude just get to the hits <laughs> <laughs> like i do not need all of this shit i i was i've got kids to pick uh, pick up at soccer dude come on i was in a hotel recently and there was the the gideon bible and the front of it has a table of contents for like what you're looking for guidance with okay yeah and i was just flipping through it because it's been a minute since i looked at the bible uh-huh. and it's like you know making a tough decision i'm like huh and i i flipped to that and it was like this is so like get to the fucking point <laughs> and then once i got there it was uh just ask God. That's the answer for everything. That doesn't help me make a decision. And then the second bit of it was like, but make sure you do it in faith, because if you don't do it in faith, Uh you're not going to get the right answer. And I'm like, this is, come on. It's (laughs) it's almost like they're trying to sell you something. I don't know. Yeah. I just, just didn't feel those Gideons. (laughs) Do not know. No such thing as a free Bible. No such thing as a free cum crusted Bible. Yeah. Well, the black light was not kind to that bible um 
the uh, so we go up to the, the, that next deck. Um, we learn, you know, again that Lucian the Divine sacrificed himself to save uh, Rivalon, which is the world from the Void. It didn't work though. Right. And now his son Alexander is leading the fight against the Void, uh, the Void Woken, mm-hmm. um, and is kind of the de facto divine yeah um, even though it's not really official right he is like sitting in the position kind of almost as this pretender uh he's there by legacy not by ability and definitely not because he is chosen by the gods uh to be capable yeah. of doing this um and part of this you know part of his weakness is he is under the sway of alexander's advisor uh this woman dallas named, the hammer yes dallas the hammer d-a-l-l-i-s not dallas like texas like the cowboys yeah, not like, not like a, a buddy who hung out with uh arnold fighting the predator right not like not that dallas not right. a sexual tyrannosaurus right. <laughs> uh but uh dallas uh you know is kind of his chancellor although they're both pretty evil uh they convinced uh she convinced him that the void woken are attracted to these sorcerers and you need to start rounding you know, using your magisters to round up the sorcerers and uh send them to fort joy via the ship here the merryweather yeah and basically put them in squalid conditions and give them a collar mm-hmm. and do unmentionable things to them like there are people who are magisters who think this is just a practical good uh-huh you know and then they're they're a sadist uh, and their employees well. right right and it's it's plausible that there are magisters who you know, on the mainland who don't understand what is being done to the sorcerers here you find out there are crimes against humanity being done to them absolutely and yeah, lizard, it's, it's, it's lizard manity <laughs> so. yeah lizard or the lizard manity mm-hmm. um cry, crimes the dwarf manity mm-hmm. um the uh when we talked to swan you know we learned that the collar on our neck stops us from yellow cast source uh something that is a little bit confusing if you're coming to this from you know, a normal fantasy thing. Source is different from magic. Yeah. Uh, regular characters use magic. You can use magic. Mm-hmm. Source is very powerful magic. Yes. They so can, this is not a world where like you can't use healing spells or whatever. They can deal with somebody who turns uh, a 10 meter radius around him into a burning inferno. They can't deal with, uh, with energy vampires. Yeah. Or people can stop time. Shit like yeah. that. Like the, yeah. the big stuff um, on the deck. There are magisters investigating a murder. Um, one of the sorcerers was murdered by somebody who could use source magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the magister says, uh, you know, keep your ears open and you can choose your attitude towards magisters. Yeah. Um, I basically take a zero tolerance uh-huh. uh, policy towards magister. Uh, let me just say that, you know, I did depopulate this island yeah. uh, in kind of a general sense um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before the end. And not just, you know, even magisters who are not aggressive just because I was like, yeah, you don't get to be a collaborator. Even yeah. if you're not actively participating in crimes against humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I brought that swath of destruction with me as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told her basically no snitches. It's ridiculous to expect me to help you know, to help my captors, even if it is to yeah. find somebody who killed another sorcerer, right? And some of them are uh, actually like pretty nice to you. Yes. you know, they're ones who will try to good cop you. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like I don't actually agree with this. It's just whenever you guys get up to your magic, like, <laughs> you know, Lovecraftian horrors pop out and kill people. Yeah. You know? Um, and we meet our cast. Um, there's a really clever little bit this does in the tutorial that I love. Um, so we're going through and we're checking in with our, our different companions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Fane, um, if you run into Fane, like you were playing as Fane, mm-hmm. um, he is studying a book, uh, this Encyclopedia of Knowledge of the Ancients. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically just kind of presents himself as an arrogant scholar. Okay. Uh, here. Um, if you, if you are playing as him, uh, tell us how Losa interacts because I was Losa. Yeah. And could not. Uh, Losa's yeah. playing with some kids. Um, mm-hmm. she is, uh, she's up there, 
uh, let me let me check here. Yeah, so the kids are also collared, so they're capturing kids, and she is mm-hmm. like joking with them. They've identified her as this famous singer, and she's saying, "No, no, I'm so and so." And when you walk up, uh, she'll pretend that you're married to her and say, "Oh, I just say, oh, here's 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 my loving spouse. We need to go, and you can play along or not. It's very cute the way she is, yeah. you know, playing along with the kids and kind of keeping them entertained because they are in a very bleak situation." Losa is she's, she's a, a good person. Great character. Yeah. Yeah. She's a really good character. You know, has this demon inside her, but is not that. Right. You know, and keeps, uh, you know, one of her tags is Jester. Mm-hmm. Like she makes jokes at a lot of inopportune times. And part of the idea is like, she's keeping it together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an elf named Sibyl, uh, who is playing dice and telling people's future. Um, she is an elf in this world. Elves can, uh, eat human flesh or eat flesh. Uh-huh and tell the history so they can like eat somebody's arm and know about the moments where they died. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can, and when you run to her here, she can lick your arm and tell you what something that's happened to you yes. recently, uh, from that ability. Uh, Sybil is a great character mm-hmm. as well. Uh, this is my first time taking her with me and her story is really good. And her kind of thawing yes. is, uh, incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a runaway slave, yeah, and she is hunting down the person who used to own her, who has given her a living scar. Um, she has a scar on her face that still like festers and moves and oozes and stuff mm-hmm. that is preventing her from kind of realizing her destiny. Yes, um, and she is you know like a thief archetype, but again they subvert it. Like she's not just you know my name is Blade. I'm a first level D and D thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is uh, very like if you are affectionate with her in terms of like friendship, she's very affectionate and very can be very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, with you in a way that is like really sweet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you also find a dwarf named beast uh, who can kind of like listen to the creaks of the ship and identify mm-hmm. the way that it moves. Just a very obviously just a very intuitive person, uh, very, very intuitive seaman. Right. Uh, yeah. And he says, based on the, you know, the amount of time that the helmsman turned the wheel clockwise, it means we're going east, which means we're almost at Fort Joy getting around this reef. Like he knows this place. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, is just uh, asking you if you can hear this stuff as well. Um, you yeah. know, the, the idea of a dwarf who is comfortable at sea is not something that uh, generally is done. No, he's, he's like a pirate. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's a, he's a very good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice guy. Uh, there's a man named Ifin uh, who will ran to uh, going to be called uh, like the stalker. Who's basically, you know, the Lord of the Rings ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, he adjusts your collar to make it more comfortable. And he has a history with one of the magisters here. Uh, yes. He used to be a, a commander, um, but he was deposed in the inquisition. Um, we're going to find out about him. Uh, he was <laughs> one of the lone wolves, mm-hmm. which is a band of mercenaries and was very involved in uh, a atrocity that happened in this world and his kind of quest is about atonement. Yes. Um, if you follow uh, his storyline. Yeah. The, so the different characters pass would put them kind of at, uh, at odds. So the fact that Ifan mm-hmm. is a former lone wolf or is associated with that organization, Sibyl um, is kind of like fighting against that or is working against them because somebody within the lone wolves had, uh, had enslaved her, right. Had sold her to the slaver. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, you're, but you're he, running he's into not those a fan conflicts. of them either. No, you know, no. so you can make them get along. There are no uh, party incompatibilities mm-hmm. in this, which I think is smart because you're choosing these characters because they have. It's not like Baldur's Gate Two where they have a quest. Right. Um, the characters are interwoven into the events and history of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, making two characters mutually exclusive would be a real a pain in the dick. Yeah. 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 Uh, the final person here is this lizard man uh, named the Red Prince, uh, and he mm-hmm. uses his conversation to size you up and determine if you would make a good slave. Like, he's yes. asking any any maladies? Like, can you stand up straight for me? Like, he wants to see inside your mouth? It's real... It's series of questions about how whether you'd be a good seamstress tailor. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like and... what, what role could you serve in my court, basically? Yeah. Uh, also, um, again, a surprisingly good character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, he is a deposed emperor uh, yeah. from this, and he has this fate within his people, which his storyline yeah. uh, deals with, which I'm seeing also seeing for the first time because taking him with me mm-hmm. uh, this time. And it's very cool. Nice. Uh, good character, surprisingly uh, tender and good hearted once you get to the core, mm-hmm. even well, though he does you know, start off by saying, hey, you know, <laughs> or would you be good breeding stock, you know, <laughs> which is not a good foot. To, to get out on you know? no no and you know even when you're like talking to him on the island like i did everybody's content on fort joy island itself like even when you're talking to him like he is you know mostly concerned with making sure you understand that you know one day his you know his empire will extend you know from horizon to horizon <laughs> you know as yes. it did once before you know very He's- very concerned about uh, about kind of like building his hegemony hegemony back. Uh, charitably Sundare, <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah. Um, I hope that in real life nobody ever sizes me up for my teeth. Uh, I mean, you know? yeah. In in some ways, it'd be good because I'd fail it. I think because my teeth are are not super great. Yeah. You know, but I don't know what happens in that scenario to people who you know probably not anything better. Yeah, so, it just it, uh, dehumanizing. Oh. The uh, when you get to the front of the deck, uh, we talk to Magister William um, to get registered. This is where we have to go, and they're interrogating this sorcerer named uh, Wendigo, um, mm-hmm. saying that she's the killer. You know, so we're not going to be doing a murder mystery. No, on the ship. no, she she admitted to um, it. It's a it's a bad yeah. murder mystery. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, the, ending's, the ending comes first. Yeah, and uh, Wendigo is the uh, the the woman from the the witch from the intro. This is the crone yeah. kind of person, you know, and she admits to the killing, tears off her collar and emits a source blast. Uh, and yep. her goal is to bring the Void Walkers down onto void the ship. Sorry, Void, void Woken uh, down onto the ship. Yes. Um, so we get knocked out. Um, when you're feigned, you lose your mask that allows you to impersonate different races, mm-hmm. uh, which sets up the mechanic where you have to be wearing a helmet. Yep. Uh, if you don't want to have uh, fear put in everybody um with Fane, who's in my party i'm not maining Fane, but i got a Fane with me mm-hmm. um it makes a really interesting trade-off because the ability to have any racial uh bonus is really great mm-hmm. but you give up having a helmet yeah um and helmets uh are your primary source of armor yeah um, or not you're not your primary but is one it's of one of you know, four main sources of armor that you have yeah, yeah. and uh and stat buffs and such so I just just recently made the switch mm-hmm. um, from Elf Fane over to, uh, you know, Helmet Fane. Mm-hmm. Um, the Elf ability is really good. Uh, you can you take a bite out of your arm to get an extra action point. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's really, really useful. Um, you lose a little bit of maximum health mm-hmm. uh, in order to get an extra action point, but action points are king. 
Yes. And that action that you can fire off. So if you're like, oh, I've only got one action point, that only costs one uh, one action point. But you know what I mean. Uh, it is yeah. free, but it will give you an action point. Um, you know, that Wait. one point could be the difference between firing off the one action that will turn the battle. Yeah, it doesn't cost an action point to take a bite out of your arm. Right. Um, there are a couple of abilities that will increase your action points, and they tend to be free. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just work on their cooldowns. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you get above deck, uh, this gigantic Voidwoken Kraken is ripping the ship apart. This will be a recurring enemy throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are little void bugs uh, that you had to fight to get to this lifeboat. Yeah. Um, when you get there, a dwarf we met earlier is trying to shove off with the children who are playing with Losa. Mm-hmm. And the child says there are still people below decks. Um, really cool little moment here. Uh, this game is made for replay. You can leave now yep. and there are no consequences. So right. if you're like, I've seen enough tutorial, you can get through this very quickly. Yeah. Um, if you want to, but what you're intended to do is go down and save them mm-hmm. where you get into a big fight with all the other adventurers and they all show their signature racial ability. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you can see them like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it demonstrates what they look like in, in person. Like you go down there and a uh, beast will petrify somebody because dwarves have a petrifying touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can t- turn people to stone. And this is a really cool preview to see how these characters fight since you're going to be choosing which ones you want. Yeah. After this, this is a very elegant way to provide you with a demonstration. Uh, and also I think to provide like, you know, you're, you're, you are getting a turn in edgewise, but this is way more friendly NPCs or, you know, friendly characters than are going to be here. They act on their own. So you're not responsible for like discovering this. Uh, and mm-hmm. it will show you like kind of how pyrotechnic a lot of these, um, a lot of these battles can be and kind of how intricate and, and, a lot of it is. And how classes work. Yes. You know, so Sibyl. My Sibylla isn't a thief, but she starts as a thief. So she's going to be doing backstabs and dual wielding and stuff. And you'd be like, oh, that's what she's doing. She's getting into people's back arcs to get critical hits. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, if you save them, there's this great little bit where Magister Swan, the first one you ran into, um, is being, uh, is dying, is bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't really talk sugar about this. Uh, how good is the narrator in this game? It's very good. Um, <laughs> really good. Like, yeah. it's just a British voice, but it's really well performed. Yeah. Um, you can't save her. Nope. Um, it's giving you a, this, I also feel like as a mission statement for the game, mm-hmm. um, you are not always going to get the good boy point in right. this. We are, are, you know, purely under slightly more sophisticated rules than that, where like you can't save them all. You're going to be making choices that you don't know the consequences to. You're going to be taking suboptimal outcomes because their stakes are really high. Yeah. Um, so you get to choose and the narrator keeps saying like, oh, you know, the, the boards are buckling, like water is leaking in mm-hmm. at every surface. It's up to your ankles now, Yeah, you know, as you're trying to save this magister and you can't do it. Right. Um, the void, the monster will rip the boat in two. If you keep trying, you can go up, uh, up onto deck and the, it will also win yeah. at this point. Yes. Uh, regardless, um, I mean, for me, you you, you survive regardless. It's not like you're going to you yes. know, have to load if you uh, try to save Magister C1. Uh, I ended up kind of being drawn beneath the sea, uh, but mm-hmm. some kind of voice spoke to me and said, I have plans for you, child, and kind of like lifted me up to the surface. Uh, and you end up washing up on Fort Joy. Yep, uh, that happens for everybody. Okay. Um, every one of these characters who is a Godwoken um, has kind of a patron, which we'll we'll talk about. And there are lots of twists and turns for that. Um, since there are two humans, um, Ifan, you know, has the human god who does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Lose, the demon yeah. insider is the one who saves her nice. from drowning, uh, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. And we we wake up at super fun time for it. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> on the on the beach, which, uh, you know, we were just initially start here and we can head towards the Fort City. Um, there are a few mandatory little like cutscene things we'll see, mm-hmm. but refreshingly few. Yes. Um, and our main mission here is to escape. And there are a bunch of ways to escape. Yeah. Um, which I, this is, this is best in class shit for just like multiple. Mm-hmm. There are more ways to get out of this than I, than I thought. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly cool. And the uh, way that here. the, like the journal communicates that to you is really good as well. Because like, instead of giving you, you know, saying like, uh, oh, you need to get off of this island. It like, it presents a couple of different strategies. So there's the path of common knowledge to talk to people to figure out like you know how to work with them there's a path of greatest resistance which is like turn a magister and fight them directly or you mm-hmm. know just wing it follow your own path like find one of these find one of these ways out yourself um yeah. kind and of giving you ideas of, of, how, of what to pursue yeah 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 and just again signaling to you how things are going to be handled mm-hmm. from here on in yeah um we do see a little cutscene here at the gates where we run to uh, alexander and dallas her holding judgment against a lizard, lizard magister named Atusa. Um, they accuse her of helping sorcerers escape. She denies it. And uh, you, in your version, she cuts out her own tongue rather than name her accomplices Yes. Uh, here. Um, I think that I actually think, do think that she did that as well. Mm. I hear, and then immediately gets gibbed. Right. Uh, right. Murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pick up her leg. You can lead her leg off of her uh, and either feed it to an elf and uh, get a little bit of knowledge about the magisters or, uh, you know, keep it as a snack for somebody later. <laughs> yeah. It can yeah. be, it can be, be a pocket leg. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of the things that also happens when you're an elf and you eat uh, limbs is you'll sometimes get skills. Yeah. Kinda. I think there are four mm-hmm. uh, that you can get. And that's really cool as well. Like you're getting their knowledge. So it, it would make sense that you can learn how to do things. Yes. Uh, from it. Yeah. But like um, you walk quest- through the gates into Fort Joy itself, which is kind of, you know, the part where everybody is mostly at is this ghetto. Um, and mm-hmm. there, you know, things here. Generally, you've got uh, the kitchen, which is run by a, uh, you know, this kind of gangster guy named Griff, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. They operates out of the kitchen uh, and you mm-hmm. have these kind of refugees uh, who are hiding away uh, in this cave at the back of the island. These along elves. the beaches. Yeah, these elves. Um, elves in this world uh, were subject to a great atrocity. Yes. Um, the divinity used something called death fog, which is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, it is an instantly lethal gas uh, to basically uh, massacre yeah. them, you know, an attempted genocide. Yeah. Um, and even so like they are burned rare. down the forest of the like ancestor trees. Like uh, when an elf yes. dies, they are reborn as a tree to, uh, as a tree to continue their afterlife uh, and like burning them down or cutting them down. Uh, effectively denies them that huge, huge indignity. Yes. Um, you know, so much so that, um, you know, you can talk to different ancestor trees and eventually when you get the ability to talk to ghosts, uh, in the game, you can talk to like logs and things that were made of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in there. They're just trapped in there and it's hell. Yeah. Uh, so really, really nasty stuff. Um, your main quest is just to escape, uh, the fort and then escape the Island, but you want to do side quest because you're starting this at level one. Um, you want to uh, levels are huge in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing this at home and you have had a really hard time with it, uh, get a level under your belt. Yep. Um, there is very uh, specific level scaling in this. Mm-hmm. You can look and see the level of an enemy and you can fight, basically fight anything that's your level. And if it's a level higher, uh, unless you know what you're doing, you don't want to do it. Yeah. 
Um, and if it's two or three levels higher, it, it's definitely out of your league. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you want to do side stuff at the very least in order to get a little bit of wind in terms of getting some more abilities and more uh, points. Something that I really appreciate, you don't just get uh, experience for combat. Uh, and you don't just get experience for um, quests, you know, completing quests mm-hmm. or, you know, completing like milestones on the way to finishing quests. You also get exploration uh, experience. Yes. And a lot of the stuff that you're going to be doing here at the beginning doesn't necessarily involve combat or some of the more intricate mechanics. So, you know, if you do find yourself just completely unable to deal with combat, like you can go and do the soft narrative stuff and still get enough to level up once or twice and start making some decisions to get more powerful and also kind of tailor your guys, uh, to your, yeah, uh, yeah. to your abilities. When you're going to want to get some equipment as well. Yeah. You know, so going around and stealing or finding stuff, uh, is pretty important here. This isn't quite, you know, fallout Two where you can get through the whole game without fighting anybody. Like yeah. combat is too integral yeah. to, to this uh, engine, but they reward you for every aspect of playing the game. Yes. Um, so when you first come in, one of the encounters that leads you to, uh, is Burrow, who is one of Griff's lieutenant, is shaking down these elves for a payment. Um, and if Anne is there from the boat and he's intervening. Yes. Um, so you can, you know, if you are not a bigot, right. uh, you know, which you probably, I think the game is assuming you're not going to be a racist right. uh, as you go through it. Um, you can side with if Anne to fight them, right. um, with if Anne and Elodie, who is the elf woman, mm-hmm. um, nobody joins in. Mm-hmm. the bad guys and this kind of tells you a little bit about the magisters who are fine just letting these people fight amongst themselves hey fewer of them for us to deal with yeah we don't have to feed you yes you know it, it's it's pretty dark yeah. uh and you, you can take them out mm-hmm. um and when you do she says you know follow me to the cave um and this is where the elves are um they don't want to cooperate with griff and the other toughs in there um they have a bodyguard Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of the cave and there are a bunch of little quests and stuff we can do in there um and also uh this is one of the pathways to get out yes um this is kind of the first common you know common knowledge path right that they send you on there's like a a, a pathway through the back uh to these labyrinthine caverns uh that is blocked up with crates and stuff uh it's a little mm-hmm. dungeon you can go through uh, and yeah. you can talk to some kids and they will take you, uh, to a specific person who can help you. I was a meanie and I didn't agree to play hide and seek with the kids. Uh, so I uh, didn't get to do, uh, whether more stole, uh, soul jar. Yeah, it's great. The, yeah. uh, this kid has you go play hide and seek with them. And if you find him a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, he's been, he's, you know, cause these caves used to be, uh, Brachus Rex, who is this character in the lore, who is this horrible tyrant, a uh, sorcerer King, mm-hmm. uh, used to be on this Island. And throughout this, uh, act, we're going to be running into his victims. Yep. Um, he was a really big fan of eternal ironic punishments. Uh-huh. And this kid who was playing hide and seek in this cave system found this old chamber, uh, where he had one of his, uh, lieutenants permanently speared to a wall Jeez. Uh, until he died and became a skeleton and still lived. Mm-hmm. And, uh, his soul, like there's his soul was taken out in a soul jar and he'll tell you a way to get into, uh, the fortress, get into the, um, the dungeon mm-hmm. uh, there uh, to escape if you can, uh, so you can break his soul jar. Yes. So that's one of the the ways to get out. And, you know, you get the spear of Brachus Rex, mm. which is in him, which is a good early spear. And uh, also you get to you get to do a, a cool skeleton, a solid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I like. I, I like ending eternal punishments. This is pretty good. You get to do it a lot in this act. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, those pigs. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? I didn't, I, I didn't resolve the pigs. We, well, we should talk about the pigs when we get there. 
Yeah, we'll we'll talk about pigs. <laughs> Baby. We'll yeah. talk about pork and beans. We'll talk about all the pigs, all the bad pigs. Um, uh, so uh, you can start a quest in here uh, called the Imprisoned Elf, uh, kind of at the front of the cave where the refugees are living. Uh, there is an elf woman named uh, Sahela. Uh, she is blind, but she has far seeing. So she can kind of, you know, she's a seer. She's like an oracle, right? And mm-hmm. Losa has a very specific interaction with her. Your demon takes over and starts trying to kill her. Yeah. And you had to beat her down to like make her come to her senses. Yeah. Uh, this was really tricky as her being my main character. Like I failed the the, the checks to resist, mm-hmm. so the rest of my party had to start beating the crap out of her. Yeah. Um, and she sees the demon inside, yes, inside her, and just says, "You know, I can't help with this. You know, you have a really tough road ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can help you get out if you can help uh, my protector, uh, Amrio, uh, Amaru. How do you um, pronounce this? Um, Amiro, Amiro, Amiro." Myro, uh, he is being held captive by Griff. Um, and so when you go and talk to Griff, he's like, yeah, uh, Myro was found stealing my produce, my oranges. And you can question this like, Hey, oranges aren't that. We're, we're on an Island, dude. <laughs> like, you yeah, they're, they're, like this is orange city. You can grow you them shits. Crossing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like, no, no, we need these oranges. And he'll, he'll only uh, suffer so many questions. Yes. Uh, from you. Um, Griff is a shit. So if you're, you know, you will eventually uh, kill Griff if you're killing people on this island. Uh-huh. Um, there's a really great little bit. One of his lieutenants is this woman named Butter, uh, who falls in love with you. Okay. Basically, like you see her and, you know, you talk for a little bit and you kind of hit it off and she does not like being in this gang of malcontents. Okay. And you can make a promise to meet up with her later oh. uh, and stuff. And then if you get into a fight with Griff, she'll side with you. Oh, nice. Um, which is really nice. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I did not suffer Griff to live. Can, like, she, this guy sucks. can she escape with you, or do you pull a uh, do you pull a Rusty uh, and Sally? <laughs> uh, she does. She does not. Uh, she does not escape with you. Okay. Um, but you, there is closure to that story, like three acts down the road. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, oh. Yeah. Uh, so you go and you search along the beach. Uh, there's a crate that has a that has a mark that smells like oranges. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's a nearby lizard man named Stingtail uh, who admits to taking the crate, uh, but only because the oranges were being used to smuggle this leaf, this hallucinogen uh, called Drudene, uh yes. that will turn anybody into a lucid dreamer. Yes. Uh, there are different companions who want something to do with the Stingtail character. Yep. Um, the Red Prince uh, wants to talk to him. The red prince is trying to find the red princess. Okay. And he's trying to find lizard, uh, people who are called dreamers, um, who are people who take this drug and can kind of far see and, and tell the future and, and kind of tell what to do. Yeah. So he'll go up to him and, and take a nap, uh, with Stingtail, which you can, while that's happening, you can rob Stingtail blind. Nice. Very fun. Got a, he has uh, a lot of skill it, books. Yeah. 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 There, there are a bunch of, there's a merchant for every kind of skill book on this island and mm-hmm. you are going to want to uh, steal from them or murder them and take their stuff. Yes. Um, the, uh, after that, you know, he just gets pointed to another, uh, lizard that he needs to find, mm-hmm. but Sibyl, uh, <laughs> got captured him. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. She got, she got captured on purpose because this is beginning, uh, the line, you know, of her trying mm-hmm. to find her master. Yeah. Um, you know, and we don't actually find out what Stingtail's connection is mm-hmm. to that because she kills Stingtail quickly. Yeah. Uh, there's a system here where, you know, if you're running around as your main character uh, and any of your companions have business with a person that you're talking to, they'll, like, tap you on the shoulder and say, like, hey, I've got something to do with this guy. And you can either agree or not agree. Uh, and mm-hmm. this can go bad for you here with Sibyl. 
uh there are times you know if you have fane as your uh as a companion he'll be like mm, this person has a nice face i think i'll take it uh yeah that kind of stuff fane is trying to find a face ripper in this first act <laughs> yep. which uh rip, which ethically harvest face faces <laughs> does it, and you can, you does can it question this do it <laughs> Yeah, you, you can be like, how is this ethically? It's like, well, usually they've passed away, preferably of, you know, natural causes. Uh, and you can be like, oh, you must love going through a battlefield. And he's like, well, you know, you'd think that, but there's so much damage. And he just takes it very seriously yeah, in terms yeah. of a face buffet. Um, so there are multiple ways you can do this. Um, obviously, you can persuade him to give the uh, oranges back. You can steal them. You can kill him. Yeah. Um, you can get the oranges, which are filled with this uh, this drug. Uh, you can have you get um, a bunch of entries of it, like a bunch of doses, mm -hmm. and it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So it's another reason why I decided to keep it and kill Griff. But uh, yeah. you know, also I just don't, I don't truck with people putting people in cages. No, uh, on the island. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was the, the I I think that I ended up leaving Griff alive. I thought that things would come to a head, but then I just did. I was out outside of the Fort Joy itself, and I was like, ah, whatever. Let him be king of his yeah. little kingdom. It's up to you what, what fights you want to start, yeah. you know, and there's an element of gaminess to it. Yep. You know, like I was, uh, you know, I had Fane as my thief and I, Griff has two knives I mm -hmm. wanted and that was enough. Like I didn't, I'm not role playing this as a, as a bastard who just kills everyone, but I am playing as somebody who like does not suffer, you know, certain assholes to live. Yeah. 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 Uh, but if you get a mirror back to the cave safely, uh, he will mark a spot on your map that, uh, for, you know, for a tunnel, um, and hands you this am amulet. He says, Hey, Sahira is way too important Sahelia. to die. Uh, yes. Sahelia is, is way too important, uh, to die in this camp. Uh, when you need, when you get out, you need to give this to some elves, uh, that I'll, that I'll tell you about and, uh, give them this, uh, amulet to come and rescue her. And if you talk to her about this, she'll say, yeah, you know, I, that, that's not going to work out. I'm not going to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one way of getting out. Um, another one, uh, you'll run into this uh, magister named Yarrow up on the ramparts who's looking for somebody named Migo. Uh, she won't explain why she's looking for him, but she'll ask you uh, to find him. Mm -hmm. And we can go off to an area on the beach uh, where Migo is. Um, he's just slaughtered a bunch of people and he's feasting on them. Yeah. Um, he, he's a ghoul, like he's a geist. Yes. Um, and he asks you where the Yarrow flower grows. Um, if you have a Yarrow flower, you mm -hmm. can give it to him. Um, and he gives you his ring, which will kind of complete this quest. Uh, if you don't have this, he will fight you. And right. it's a tough fight. But like all tabletop games, uh, turn economy works in your favor. If it's four on one, you can yeah. you can win. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just getting more turns. Mm -hmm. So I ended up having to fight him. Oh, geez. Um, I, I did not have a Yarrow flower. Yeah, I just happened so. to have one because I picked it. And this is really sad. And shows what oh, yeah. it shows what bastards the the magisters are because think okay he wanted a yarrow flower um I was given this quest by magister yarrow I went back to her and said hey uh you know this geist is down on the beach he gave me this ring uh she can't believe what you've said like oh my dad isn't a geist or also this guy <laughs> this guy Migo <laughs> is my dad uh you can follow her to the beach and you find yarrow addressing Migo as her father. Uh, he was taken in by Dallas for treatment, uh, in quotes. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is Magister Yarrow putting together where Dallas is getting these geist followers. Uh, you know, yes. these monstrosities uh, and kind of these people, these things called silent monks, like people who've kind of been um, uh, lobotomized almost 
you know, they can't speak and they just kind of go around and do menial labor. Uh, you know, she has figured out that uh, this is what happens to sorcerers who are taken below. Uh, Nero yeah. wants vengeance. Like she gives you the key to Fort Joy so you can make your escape. Yep. Uh, she, the ring that you get from him will let anybody cast cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives you the restoration skill, which is cool. Um, if you kill him, you go tell her this and she'll go down to the beach anyway yeah. and be really upset. Um, and I wanted her key and she's a magister, so she had to go. <laughs> um, there is a, uh, there's an arena uh, set of quests throughout yeah. this game in every act. Uh, the first one here is below Fort Joy. Um, this is where the respect beer is, if mm-hmm. you enable it. Um, it's under the kitchen and it's a, the arena that's kind of like a cult. Um, these people who are trying to find the one. And when you go and talk to the people here, it's like the boastful one, mm-hmm. you know, the, the frivolous one. Yeah. Um, and they do uh, arena fights. Um, these are very difficult. Yes. Um, you know, so getting it is worth it. Um, and doing all of these is worth it, uh, you know, eventually, because the one you get at the, the, the end, it ends up tying into the plot in the okay. last act. So Ooh. do the one in act two. Uh, just before you leave Act Two, yeah, um, to uh, in order to get uh, the, like a special item yeah. that will will tie you in, uh, but this is just like a combat challenge, yeah. At least initially, I gave this you know like a sitting's worth of tries because um, I you know I really wanted to figure it out. I didn't have the capability either in Avatar Strength or my own kind of understanding of the way that this combat system worked uh, to, mm-hmm. uh, to 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 make this happen for me. Uh, but it did give me a pretty good understanding of what happens when you don't uh, uh, manage the fire that gets out of control everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like this early in the game, your your armor is garbage. Yes. You know, fire is an emergency, whereas you just wade through it later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go through this and win, uh, you get a, a choice of one of the things this game does a lot is when you complete quests, you'll get a set of items and you'll get your choice of the final item. I love that. Uh, so yeah. I love that so much. Like you get it for your build. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here's a bunch of stuff that everybody can use. What kind of, what, the, what do you need though? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need a magic wand? Do you need a dagger? Um, you get that for, for doing this. Um, and doing so will impress a merchant uh, there who uh, is friends with uh, Dallas who created the slave collars. Mm-hmm. Like she worked with her and she can have one of the collars removed. Yeah. Um, this is very interesting because you can only choose one character uh-huh. uh, to have the collar removed from. So you have to choose like which character to go to talk to her with to unlock that power until you can get all of them removed. Yeah. Uh, and and it, if, you significant. Walk, if you walk around just without your collar, you'll be thrown in jail, which is another way yeah. out. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also don't have a way to get back source points. So when you have your collar removed, you have one chance at the spell. Yes. Um, so they're really cool spells, you mm-hmm. know, but you only get one shot at it this early in the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fane will also, like, he will sense, hey, Nabora is really skilled with these machines. Does she, you know, can you get me a face ripper? You can ask her and she'll be aghast. And she'll say, you know, yeah. if you want something as grisly as that, we've got a guy named Flenser. <laughs> and Niles. Down, down the, no, yeah, Niles the Flincher. Niles the Fraser. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, who would probably be a little bit more your speed. Uh, but don't fucking talk to me about taking faces, dude. Yeah, that's not my bag. <laughs> what about this book? Taking faces is totally your bag. Um the uh so there's a there's a dog we can talk to named Buddy who's very sweet. 
Yep. Uh, there, you can tell him he's a good good boy. And he said because his mate Emmy was taken from him. Yeah. Um, you just have to tell him, you know, be good to him and nice to him like a dog. Yeah. And you earn his trust. Um, and he uh, takes you to a buried treasure where there's a key to where Emmy was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, the prisons underneath Fort Joy, which we'll be going to. Yes. Uh, a little uh, bit later. Yeah, this key uh, gets you into a room with some treasure. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you could get in here without the key, but also having the knowledge, you know, knowing Buddy's name will help you circumvent, uh, you know, what I understand is kind of a tough encounter uh, with yes. these dogs. Yeah, tough dogs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what ended up being the quest that got me uh, out of here, like the one that I ended up following was the teleporter. Uh, where you end up working with a bastard. <laughs> you you yeah. work, work with a sucks. real piece of shit, Gowan, uh, who flags you down and says, hey, I've got a way out of Fort Joy, but I, I can only help you if you're alone. That's not the case. You, you can you yeah. can work with him. It doesn't matter. He doesn't make you he doesn't make you ditch your party. Yes, he's he's lying. Um, he says he knows about a, a teleport spell that he has and he can't cast it on himself. Um, he has that, so he can't teleport himself. He wants you to go grab a teleport, a glove that gives you the power to teleport, mm-hmm. but it's cut in the swamp, uh, covered with crocodilians. Yes. Um, these are really nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, these huge saltwater crocodiles that fling mud at you and teleport. Yeah. Well, one uh, of them teleports, so, the one who is closest to Gowan's old accomplice. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. One of them can teleport because he's got gloves in his stomach, uh, which is really good. Yeah. Um, this is a really tough fight. You want to get a level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, above you. Um, there's kind of an order of operations that I, I, I think makes sense for Fort Joy, which is like all the non-combat stuff first. Yeah. yeah. And then doing the, uh, the poker game, um, up above and then doing these guys, the poker game, um, you know, I found the poker game, but I didn't, uh, I, like I did one thing. Like I, I, I gave mm-hmm. an attempt at it and I saw that they were cheating and I did not have the soft skills necessary to take it any further. So I'll, I'll I, did, I just flipped the table. Oh, like, cool. there's, there's nothing to it. They just tried to shake me down and I didn't fall uh, for it Yeah, uh, and fought them and g- got their stuff. So you get a lot of grenades and, and that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. you want yeah. on this early part. Um, but you kill the, uh, the crocodiles and you get the gloves uh, near this dead body of this guy named Magilla. Um, and he was sent to Fort Joy uh, intentionally to get to some kind of vault on the island and teamed up with Gowan who abandoned him to get eaten by crocodiles. Yeah. Uh, and that happens to you. I mean, not crocodiles, mm-hmm. but he was going to give you the old mist three and trap you on a ledge. Uh, yes. <laughs> so like, uh, you go to him and says like, Hey, let's meet at this, uh, let's meet at this escape point. It says, you know, teleport me down to this ledge. Um, and then I'll teleport you to me. And then you teleport me up to the, to the other side and I can get to the Harbor. You teleport him up to the, you know, to the, to the ledge where he can get to the Harbor. And he's like later, uh, and runs yeah. away, leaving you stranded there. Fortunately, you can still have a douchebag. Yeah. Well, he, he gets he gets his like you can go. Oh, yeah. You can go to the harbor and fight a bunch of magisters uh, and loot his corpse like they killed him and left him out in the sun. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, this is uh, important tutorial information because later, um, especially near the end of act two, you will have to traverse environments doing this kind of teleporter pinga de ponga. Yes. And using your uh, self-teleportation and teleport other skills and stuff mm-hmm. to get around. Yeah. Um, so this is useful. And you're not trapped. There's a little tree trunk that you can use to shoot down into a beach. Yes. Uh, and the beach has a tunnel. tunnel can take you in. Yep. Yeah, it'll get you down into the into the dungeons. Yeah. Um, there's slightly more, you know, you can do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of the companion quest, like there's a woman who is like, and some of these are very uh, short, you know, yeah. quests. 
Um, and they're still worth it though, because you get significant, uh, XP. Yeah. So, uh, like there's a woman who is convinced that her child is coming back, even though the child is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, a red herring. You can just talk to the husband and learn like, no, no, no we saw the corpse, you yeah. know, and th- the quest becomes about convincing her that, you know, it's not about going and finding this lost child. Yeah. It's about convincing her to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are also people here who you will want to, uh, murder. Yeah. You know, again, uh, you don't have to, but like murdering Griff gives you a lot of equipment and a lot of a big economic leg up yeah. on things. Um, there is a key in the cave with the elves. There is a frog ambush. Mm-hmm. Do you run into the frog ambush? No, I didn't go back far enough for that. Some frogs ambush you. There's no story <laughs> to it. They're just assholes. Uh, so the, uh, but you kind of go through there and you're just, you know, again, it's gamey. Um, you know, I'm, I'm extolling doing combat and generally in games, I want the non-combat explanation yep you know that is uh or a uh, solution that is more interesting but since the combat and this is so fun i like to do both yeah. if i can mm-hmm. uh in this so um but you're gonna do all these mini little mini quests as well yeah um and there's one for every companion that you have yeah uh i did all of these you know like i i did at least the stuff within the within the opening fort itself to get a sense of the of the flavor um, and mm-hmm. I think that, th- so you don't have Ifan with you? Uh, not this go round. I had him the, my first time I played. Okay. So Ifan will be the only blind spot for us between, uh, but, but on, like on this particular playthrough. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what his, his, uh, his thing is. Yeah. Um, cause I did it the first time I played the only person I've never, uh, had my party is beast okay. between the two, uh, two playthroughs and it's nothing against beast. I just haven't done mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, I mean like, so. like his stuff is pretty early on. Like you eventually learn that he's, you know, through the poker game, you could learn that he's, uh, with, uh, you know, at least associated with the lone wolves. Um, mm-hmm. and his mission is to kill Alexander, which seems impossible. And it turns out you do, yeah. you do that at the end of this, at the end of this match, yeah. at the end of this yeah. chapter. So, um, but you know, just kind of like, oh, uh, you're, you're, you're going after the big fish is kind of, kind of his deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the red prince's quest, um, starts off, you know, we find him, he's looking out over the sea, uh, like imagining, you know, visualizing his empire, which he lost, mm-hmm. uh, there. And if he joins you, you know, they'll do the same thing. Everybody does like, tell me which class to be. Yes. Um, and he'll say like, the condition is like, if we meet a, uh, a dreamer, um, I need to be able to talk to them. Right. You know, and uh, this is that uh, that Stingtail mm-hmm. person. But we also find out that uh, there are assassins that are after him. Yeah. Um, this is so I had a weird quick loading glitch um, here. This is where I had the crab, the sorcerer crab <laughs> help me <laughs> because I ended up uh, quick loading at a certain point where I was in this fight and two members of my party were on the other side of the map. Oh, no. Uh, and I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. It's been a minute, uh-huh. but they were still in the cave. So I could go to them and try to get them to come out, uh, which I did, but you know, it, it took a minute. So it was my main character and the prince, uh, fighting this assassin who was like bodying me yeah. uh, until the crab rolled up and <laughs> fucked his shit up. Emergency and it was crab. incredible. <laughs> a total emergency crab. Like fuck, fuck your Yakuza like a dragon with that emergency crab. Give me, give me this emergency crab. <laughs> Uh, and so that, that crab helped me with this assassination. Um, there will be several assassination attempts if you have him in your party. Mm-hmm. It, um, it lends and, credence to his story that he used to be a royalty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not lying about any of this stuff. He, the semiotics of this are, you think, oh, like this, he's a blowhard. So this yeah, is yeah. an illusion of grandeur or something. Uh, but it is not. Mm-hmm. 
Um, everything he says is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the assassin has a note on him saying, hey, uh, you need to get caught using a sorcery spell so you can get to the Red Prince. You need to kill him and dice him up so finely that he can never be resurrected. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I like as a detail, like you know, anytime there is that kind of, you know, just let's say story or practical implication to the fact that there's a resurrection spell like oh yeah no part of him could be more than a cubic inch in width <laughs> or yeah. else you can it, bring explain back. why you can't phoenix down eris yeah you yeah. know rather than just there being the story yeah um uh, the red prince feigns ignorance he can say like hey dude uh what the hell he'd be like i i couldn't tell you why he's coming after me but yeah uh, eventually he will open up yeah. about this um, when he, when he dreams with Singtail, he learns that the organization that's hunting him is called the house of shadows. Um, yeah. the lizard people society is these various houses, houses. Yeah. Um, he was part of the house of war. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dreamers are allied with him, want to see him on the, uh, fl- on the throne. Right. Um, another dreamer is on this Island, Bahara. So we need to find Bahara, but we have to escape the fort for that. Yes. It's kind of on the swamplands um, that take up most of the other side of the Island. Tell me about Beast Quest, because I have never done it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've met Beast before. You find him on the uh, on the shore, uh, on the beach, and he's trying to pull uh, one of these shipwrecks apart. You know, the, the, the shores are just completely lined with all of these uh, ships that have washed up. Uh, he is, what he wants to do is take these broken parts and put them together into a raft uh, in order to in order to escape but you know as he's talking he's like yeah i you know i i, I know that's not going to work i think i was just looking for something to do uh and he introduces himself and he says hey i'm beast my character had the lore knowledge to identify him as the dwarf who tried to over to overthrow uh the dwarf kingdom's ruler queen justinia uh which kind of resulted in him being cast out uh and kind of becoming this you know, either folk hero or the greatest turncoat to dwarves. Uh, people are very yeah. divided on on Beast as a uh, as a figure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and he seems like a solid dude, so I agree to help him out. He says, "Hey, I'm trying to get to this town, uh, this town to the north, uh, called Driftwood. We're going to go there as part of the main story." Uh, and as you roll around with Beast, other dwarves will recognize him and engage him in conversation. So, like one that is very funny is you find this dwarven bard uh, in the you know near near to the kitchen, and he's singing uh, singing some shanties, which happen to be a, be about the Beast um and beast like oh you know you're singing the you're, you're you're singing the ones that are favorable to me do you know any of the royalist ones i want to hear what they're uh i want to hear what they know when i want to hear what they think um and so he sings this you know just scathing song you know that uses real his real name marcus miles um and beast isn't even mad because i had a, a good rhyme and a funny part so it was like, oh yeah, yeah that one's pretty good. good. Song. Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, I can't, yeah, can't even be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like the idea that uh, in this game, the characters that you play as when you play as the origin characters don't just spring into existence whole cloth. Yeah, without history, like there's somebody else on the beach who recognizes uh, Losa because she was like famous, like a famous yeah. tavern musician, and you can pretend you get to role play whether you are playing this down, whether you honestly don't remember him or you want to be like, Hey, how's tricks? Yeah. You know, what's been, what's been going on? Like you can choose how you want to role play it, which is yeah. cool. Very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can talk to beast himself and he talking, you know, he mentions more of his backstory. He's this Royal bastard, uh, who was denied succession. Uh, and so he led this coup and ended up, ended up being in prison for it. 
what he's doing is he's looking for this uh, traitor named Lohar. Uh, through his operations as a pirate, he found out that Queen Justinia is planning to sink Lohar's ship, uh, mm-hmm. this merchant ship, uh, in something called Operation Downfall, uh, which can't be yes. good. Uh, Tom Clancy's Operation Downfall yeah. is the full name, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Beast is like, uh, I can't just sit on this information. Uh, dwarves have to stick together. Like, you know, I need to help find this guy so we can understand what's coming this way. Um, yeah. You can find a dwarf named Carson, the snickering one, uh, down in the arena at Fort Joy. Uh, he knows Beast by reputation, and uh, he will just straight up like give Beast a key that he lifted off of one of the magisters, uh, which will let mm-hmm. you get, get around a little bit more inside. So, like Beast being this famous rebel who you know has people who really agree with his cause, ends up getting you these material benefits. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Ifan. Um, we talked about most of Losa's uh, thing, which is her finding out, um, you know, that uh, or her having the encounter with Sahelia. Yes. Um, and, and learning that she's possessed by a demon mm-hmm. um, here. Um, and she is, uh, you know, she keeps getting overtaken by this from yeah. time to time. Um, and this will continually be a, a thread throughout her story. Um, the kind of hook that we get here is in the prison, there's a dwarf named Zillick. Um, he knows that you have a passenger. Uh, he used to be a demonologist and he can't, uh, you know, mess with, he can't truck with you at this point. Like he tries to take a look and he gets kicked out. He's like, this is a powerful and mean demon. You need to find a more experienced demonologist. Right. Uh, there's one North of Driftwood. It's everybody has a reason to go to act two. Right. Um, at this point. And that, uh, that thread with that demonologist and the way that story ends is one of my favorites in the game. Yeah. Um, the demon she's possessed by and uh, all the stuff with demons in this game. Uh, some of my favorite demon content, Mm -hmm. you know, again, uh, not, you know, in, in general, like demon comment content is super hit or miss, you know, and contrasting the way that demons work in this game to again, to dragon age two, uh, they're just so much cooler. Yeah. They're scarier. Like they're more insidious. Uh, they're less, you know, I'm a, I'm a horny demon. Well, I'm a, I'm an angry demon. I'm a sleepy demon. Like, like, it, like I don't, this is one of those games like Dark Souls where it makes me feel like other games in the genre are worse mm-hmm. because it handles certain things that are very common to the, the different genres better. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the ultimate demon, the doctor who you end up running into mm-hmm. in this, all that shit is so fucking incredibly cool yeah. uh, to me. And again, yeah. compared to, you know, Oh, I'm a wrath demon. There's 70 of me. Every mm-hmm. single time you go into this uh, sewer, there's, you know, you just fight one of my brothers. Yeah. Like such garbage. Yeah. You know, give, give your characters individual personalities, please. You know, motivations. Yeah. It's very simple. And Losa's demon, at least as of right now, you understand that, you know, he doesn't, most of the demons seem to want things, you know, all mm-hmm. this one wants to do is inflict pain. Well, right now, right now. Uh, because the, yeah. the, the thing is like Losa, you know, being a God woken, uh, this demon is trying to ride you to mm-hmm. divinity yeah. and the game can go very differently depending on whether you do her quest and find out his true name and do all the cool demon shit. Yeah. Like if you get to the end of the game and there's still a demon riding on Losa, like you fucked up, <laughs> um, you know, and, and it doesn't, it's not a surprise. It's not a gotcha. Yeah. Like yeah. the game is signaling to you like what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's up to you whether you decide to ignore that you do it at your own peril. Yeah. Or if you just want to get a weird non-standard, you know, bad ending that still experiences the entire game. <laughs> you can let this guy ride you to victory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sibyl ended up working with Sibyl. 
uh, you can mm-hmm. stumble on her on uh, some brush outside the kitchen uh, and you catch her off guard, which is, you know, not an easy thing to do. Uh, she freaks out on you and through kind of instinct gets around behind you and sticks a needle into your neck, into your spine. Uh, this yes. is kind of her. This is Sybil's trick. It's a magical needle. Yes. It is like forged from demon metal or something and it is impossibly sharp. Yes. Um, I caught her marking her prey, uh, this lizard man who uh, who had marked her as a slave. Uh, and uh, you offer to help her, and she reluctantly agrees to join you. Uh, just basically, you know, I will use you, and then, you know, me, and I will selfishly go wherever I need to. Screw you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We talked about how she will disembowel Stingtail, because uh, he was the one who marked her uh, as a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we can go... And uh, find out uh, that, uh, uh, you know, the next person on the line here is Griff, uh, the fort's cook and the leader of the gang. Uh, And you can, you know, she'll pull, she'll say like, hey, I need to talk to him. I need to pull him aside. The conversation with Griff is less bloody uh, because he's bribable. Mm -hmm. Like she gives him what she wants and finds out that the the next target is this lone wolf in the swamp named Zalaskar. Uh, and yeah. there's not much to it. You just you just find him, uh, and he's and he uh, gives the next name. The person that she's ultimately looking for is this person named Roost, uh, who will find the next yes. two. Yeah. Um, the quest that you have here, uh, we I talked about Withermore's Soul Jar. Yep. Uh, the hide and seek thing. Um, the entire island has this quest called Artifacts of the Tyrant, mm-hmm. where you find uh, these cursed armor pieces that were all owned by Brachus Rex. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit of a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a reason to go to these different areas. Um, it's pretty neat, uh, because it is a really powerful set of armor that each piece has a really horrible curse mm-hmm. that will go away if you put on the whole set. Yeah. Um, so it gives you a very powerful set. It also, uh, you get introduced a little bit later to one of the, my favorite antagonists in the game, which is a guy named Trompdoy. I love Trompdoy. Uh, talk- <laughs> okay. I'm glad you fought Trompdoy, even if you didn't do the quest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the yeah. ways forward to get past the Shriekers is is uh, through the uh, the vault where he's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm 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 just glad you got some Trompdoy con- content <laughs> in your life because Trompdoy is absolutely incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, regardless of which your way is, you know, likely through these dungeons uh, to get down in here, um, and there are prisoners down here. It's pretty bleak, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there are, there's a lizard woman, um, named Vasnia who is panicking. She's heard the interrogations and she'll try to turn you in, mm-hmm. uh, at this point, she'll, she'll yell for help and you can intimidate her out of this. Yeah. Um, but she hears that the magister are asking out the God woken and she can hear the sounds of someone being eaten, uh, from inside, further inside the fort. Yeah. They're using things called mind maggots to, uh, to torture yes. people. Uh, little tip, uh, Take all the mind maggots you can. If you put those in a grenade shell, yeah. uh, you get a mind maggot grenade, okay. uh, which is a massive uh, charm. Ooh. So it's a it's a area effect charm grenade. Nice. So very good. Yeah, I've got a couple it's of charm those. or madness. It's it's either charm or attack whoever's closest to you. Hey, I won't turn either. I can't one. Yeah. No, no, they're very and they're also worth like eight hundred gold mm-hmm. each. Like mind maggots are great treasure. Yeah. For something that sounds very disgusting. Yeah, great treasure because they're disgusting exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so uh there's a tunnel in, there's a tunnel in her uh in her cell here uh that uh, will lead to the marshes she tried to escape out there uh but the marshes are full of undead she was attacked incapacitated uh and dragged back i attempted to use the uh the tunnel back here uh to see mm-hmm. where it went however there's a bunch of fire slugs and i couldn't deal with that just yet 
should I say what the fire slugs deal is? Did you yeah, get to that later? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Please, please tell me what the fire slugs are. Cause um, I bought some of them on a me. beach, but it wasn't what, what's that? Uh, no, I just, I like the sentence. Please tell me what the fire slugs are. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, I bought some on a beach, uh, but I never learned a uh, deal. Yeah. They're not, uh, they're not aggressive uh, with you, mm. um, which the first time I played this, I just like, I was, oh, of course I'm going to fight these guys. Yeah. Um, but they're not aggro. Um, this is a section of uh, Bracus's court uh, who he turned into fire slugs and they are still uh, like, they're in this kind of twisted parody of courtly life. Um, so the way you get past them is by being very obsequious <laughs> and like complimenting the queen on her great, you know, her great beauty, you know, even what? though she is a, a fire slug. I thought they attacked me, but they did definitely, uh, they did definitely talk to me and I was not, uh, I was not reverential enough. So yeah. Yeah, you can still fuck it up. They, they can attack for sure. <laughs> um, but this is, this is just like this island is full of Bracus Rex ironic punishments. Yeah. Um, so that's one way out of the, uh, the dungeons mm-hmm. through there. Nice. Yeah. I didn't do that. I was happy. I went the other way though. Cause there's cool stuff. I got to, got to find the flincer. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like, I d- definitely do. Every- like when I do this game, I do everything. So, yeah. uh, I found all the ways out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's talking about the cellmate who's next door, uh, Verdas, uh, Verdas is meant as mentioned in a memory. If you ate a Tusa. Uh, the Disney who who cut out her tongue at the beginning of the game, um, you know, uh, if you ate this, they mention it, and this will kind of let you know that there is this dissent within the Magisters themselves. Um, uh, Veridas is in bad shape. Uh, he mm-hmm. looks strange. He is speaking incoherently, um, and he says it is really, really important that you escape. That you escape, but he won't say why. He says, "Oh, you are special like me," but if you ask, like, what makes us special, he won't clarify. Yeah. Uh, the implication being he's God woken. Yes. You know, given how she was saying uh, that that's what they're looking for. Um, also down on this level is the Houndmaster, uh, who is very disgusting. There's all this like, because this has immersive sim mm-hmm. elements, um, you can get interesting little storytelling details that you don't expect from this genre. So like this dude eats the same flesh that he feeds his hounds. Yep. Like when you search, you know, his, his cabinet is larder and like the table where he's eating, mm-hmm. uh, you can find human flesh on it. Yeah. So this guy who just like, you know, good enough for the dog is good enough for me, mm-hmm. uh, which is disgusting. Yeah. Um, really tough fight. Um, he has two archers covering him from scaffolding. Archers are above. no joke. No, this, you know, as, as a, an archer guy, uh, this game is such pure archery porn. Yeah. Archery is so good in this. <laughs> um, the uh, And it's also teaching you, you know, as far as an encounter, the importance of that. Yeah. So, like, not only do you want that high ground, but you also want to deny it to the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, teleporting the archers down will make a big difference. Yeah. You know, they'll do less damage. They're more vulnerable, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, your reward for this is random pickups, but also you get a red rubber ball. Uh, this will mm-hmm. be useful for getting around the dogs if you did not do the quest with Buddy early on. Yes, if you don't know uh, Buddy's name. Um, when you go upstairs, uh, there are a bunch of these uh, silent monks, uh, and they're neutral. Yeah. Um, they don't they don't attack you, and there's nothing to stop you from killing them. Right. Um, and Which I did to put them out of their misery. Yeah. Um, the idea is, like, once you take the source out of somebody, that's also where their personality lives, mm-hmm. um, and kind of puts them in a sunken place kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if, a, if a fight here, you know, starts here, they will be against you, but they won't uh, initiate, initiate aggro. Yeah. With you. Um, um, yeah. 
at one end so i mean the, it just this is in, in the notes but it was probably another way another way forward uh i found this kind of bridge and these magisters who were hassling a little kid do you know what the deal was with that yeah, a little doc yeah um yeah you can they uh these are people who are were doing a little escape route mm-hmm. um for for sorcerers um but they've changed their mind you know, okay. they've, they've uh, you know, decided to, and they're, if you kill them, uh, the kid will take a boat and you can leave this way. Oh, nice. Um, the boat will wait for a certain amount of time. I was like, Hey, I, I need to go, you know, check out some stuff. And he's like, I'll wait, but I won't wait forever. And it was true. I came yeah. back and he was gone. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being Fane, I made a uh, beeline for Niles, the flincer, uh, yeah. which, you know, I was pretty surprised. He's flinting people's skin off of them. Gary. Yeah. He, his name uh, is what he does. Yeah. Dude loves uh, to flens. <laughs> so uh, uh, I asked him, like, hey, I'm, look- I'm looking for a face ripper. You have a spare one laying around. Um, and he pulls like a like a Hannibal Lecter, like I just found my apprentice kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, you know, another connoisseur. You know, but like yeah. he just uh, is a face ripper that is so that is that is so like quaint, is I think the way he puts it. There's so much more you can do than just take faces. Um, you know, I can show you, but I regret that I'm going to have to kill you first. Uh, and you start up this really fun fight with Niles, the flincer. <laughs> this guy's great. Yeah. Um, this is a really cool fight for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that he has these abominations in cages yep. that, uh, will break their way out, which gives you like, it's a, a logical reason to have ads mm-hmm. come partway through a fight. Yeah. Um, where you can, you know, I get a couple turns with just him and his uh, silent monk apprentices, mm-hmm. but then eventually they're going to be joined. So I am under the clock to take out some of these first people. Yeah. Uh, so I can keep the fight manageable. Um, also now is the flenzer is a really weirdly complete character. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the villains in this game are really, uh, pretty well developed. Um, so this guy, he's, uh, you know, he's obviously just a, you know, sicko sadist. Yeah. Um, he has two knives named like uh, chastity and purity. Yes. I took um, those. Yeah. I'm still using you them can, actually. They're good. Um, later you can meet his mom and his mom is completely ignorant about, you know, what he's like. He's like, Oh, did you meet my, my boy Niles? You know, oh, she thinks a he's boy. a doctor, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then later still, you can find his, where the house where he grew up Ooh. and you can see kind of the development of his issues. Um, mm. and it's basically, uh, kind of a psycho Norman Bates thing. Like his mom made him, uh, you know, impressed upon him, you know, chastity and purity so hard. Mm. And the reason why he is this disgusting, uh, necrophiliac is because it's not, uh, impure to, uh, you know, fuck or eat or destroy a dead person because they're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, and you get to see his like little childhood, like his scary drawings and his diary and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Um, over the course of many acts, mm-hmm. um, all of the big name villains in this game have more to them than you might think. Nice. Um, they're not like, it's not like I, oh, I understand his motivations, you know, not, <laughs> not more to him. Like he's, he's a cool anti-hero. He's got a lot. Like, he's an absolute monster. <laughs> if you listen to him, he starts making sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. The flenzer has got a couple good points about flensing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to yeah. talk about flensing, you're going to get a, you're going to go to the, you know, to the guy, right? Yeah. You got, you got a flensing guy, you got a, a foundation guy, you got a lawn guy. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, I loved when the first time when I was played this, the first time and found his room, uh-huh. uh, because it's so much later yeah. and you find it. And I was just like, fucking A, that is so cool <laughs> because I I don't expect this from not just, you know, uh, CRPGs, but just kind of from games. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the game, uh, a lesser game would be like, yeah, you've forgotten about Niles the Flenser. 
you know, but no, like a lot of these things have threads that continue into the future. Like these people have histories yeah, and it contributes to that sim feeling to it. Well, it's, it's part of what makes the character, like you're, you're the characters you can play as interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, they don't just come from nowhere. Like, a, yeah. a you know, somebody who calls himself the Flenser, you know, is not just, you know, is, is not unconnected from anything. Like it makes sense yeah. that he would have these hooks in the world. Uh, and yeah. it is great that they give that same treatment, you know, not to everybody because you're going to find, you know, couple of people who are just no but like even just like this minor this minor memorable character who you could have a fucked up conversation with you know it's nice that they see him as like it's worth investing in in exploring that you know if we need content later on why, why don't we make it about niles the flinzer yeah you know? there's a surprising amount of it yeah even if it's not everything yeah so very good. Uh, he is a rogue, but he's really tough because he has a lot mm -hmm. of backup and yeah. those meat golems. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that I really had uh, experience having the backlash skill used against me. Mm -hmm. uh, my armor by this point, you know, still was not very good, uh, you know, especially against physical, uh, physical attacks. So having this rogue who could just hop halfway across the operational battlefield map uh, and mm -hmm. do two backstab attacks at me was pretty rough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of resurrect scrolls got used. Yeah. From him. Oh yeah. Uh, one another like pro tip is recruit everybody just to take their shit. Yeah. Because you get a resurrect scroll from everybody, and you can also uh, one of the developer mods you can add on makes characters regen uh, if you rest, hmm. um, which is cheating, but also I think an okay cheat. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just going and spending 600 gold. And like at the point in the game where I'm at now, I think I have like 75,000. Yeah. Like money yeah. is no longer like I, I'm at the past the money point mm -hmm. of the game. Um, when you beat him, you get those those daggers uh, that are really good and a face ripper, which allows <laughs> you to explode corpses to take their faces. Mm -hmm. um, and this is um, I never really used the face ripper for yep. Fane because I got the uh, his magical helmet. Same. Um, did, have you put on one of the face ripper faces? Have you done that? No, no. I got the magical one and I was like, this is good. I wonder if that gives you the, like, you can just use it for one. So if you have a dwarf face, um, you can just put it on to be a dwarf. Maybe. Yeah. No idea. Not sure. Yeah. Not sure. Uh, was this how you got out of the sewer? Cause like you get a key and you can open up a blood sewer and get out to the swamps. Uh, was there another way you got out? Um, I, I took the, the path of most resistance after this. Um, oh, went you, went, you went and killed everybody. Yeah, yeah. Every All the magisters had to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a cool little bit, um, you know, just to find that the entire world is not monolithically psychopathic. Um, you can find, uh, if you go upstairs, um, you can find a paladin. Uh, there, that's another kind of faction in this world mm -hmm. named Paladin Cork. Um, and he is... Uh, he came here just to see what's going on because he had heard disturbing rumors and was amazed to find that the magisters attacked him. Ooh. So you can help him out in a fight um, and you can, uh, you know, and he'll be like, well, you know, thank you for this. The paladins will hear about this. Yeah. And the paladins kind of end up being uh, presented as the more logical, um, you know, governmental kind of faction or what wow. have you. Paladins who don't uh, suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not terrible people. You know, yeah. they're, they're uh, not, not so bad. Um, and there's kind of a quest line with them during uh, Act 2. Oh, cool. Um, there's also a bunch of cool combat encounters, you know, which are just, you know, catnip to me, but there's not a lot of story to it. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to get as much money as possible. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to loot mm -hmm. the uh, the upstairs. Um, really, really good one that was, uh, I didn't end up having to do it this first, uh, this playthrough, but this uh, first time through, the first time I had to manipulate things to block off um, 
points of egress. Okay. So I, uh, if you put a object at the top of a ladder or a couple of objects, uh, enemies can't use the ladder because oh. they can't get off of it. Um, so I ended up, there's a fight down by the docks that I had to prepare, okay. uh, because it's a really tough fight and it was very satisfying to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, sneak around, put a bunch of, uh, things there and then set up some oil slicks yeah. along the way to slow down reinforcement. So I could take guys out one at a time. I wish I would have thought of that because I also did the fight on the Harbor, like by, by, by the mm-hmm. docks. Uh, that was really tough, and I got it, bottlenecked yeah. like right at the front, so I I never found like I like it, it never made never had an opp- opportunity to prepare for that. It's it's the hardest fight in Fort Joy. Yeah, uh, I think. Oh, well, I um, feel pretty good that models. I did it straight. <laughs> so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, you did. I I think that one that's really tough. Yeah, um, I did it straight this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time around, I had to cheese it though. Yeah. So nice. different ways you can get out um once you're out you end up in the island itself which kind of expands um you know as as kind of a it's it's much smaller than act two but there's a lot of you know still quite a bit of incident yes on the island yeah uh you can go around here i found a dead magister with a note from dallas uh talking about kind of our next allies that we're going to be looking for uh giving us a good Mm -hmm. uh a, a good uh lead that there's this group of seekers proper noun seekers that have taken up residence uh, in the Southeast portion of the swamp. Uh, they kind of have yes. this uh, lair at a sanctuary or they're holed up there. Yeah, that, that's the name I was looking for earlier. The guys who uh, were threatening the kid. Oh yeah. They were, they were seekers who decided to change their mind in fact. Gotcha. Um, you're going to want to go to this seeker camp early. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just explore, but this gives you your second little town hub. Yeah. And it's also how you get the other, your other source colors mm-hmm. removed. Um, on your way there, we run into some undead, you know, that were foreshadowed, like the swamp is full of undead, um, where a decomposing terramancer mm-hmm. uh, stops you. Um, and he says he speaks a master higher than the dead god, Brachus Rex. Yes. Um, we will learn about uh, the god king, uh, this master, uh, ends up being very integral to the pl- mm-hmm. uh, plot as a major mover and shaker. Yes. Uh, kind of near the end of Act 2. Yeah. Uh, this uh, was a tough fight. It was my first undead party. Uh, mm-hmm. caster assassin and swashbuckler i think thankfully unlike uh uh D, you can do critical hits against them uh which is mm-hmm. which is good uh yeah it was it, it was tough because you're fighting kind of at this narrow this narrow gulch uh that is right by the burning pigs hey gary what's with the burning pigs uh the burning pigs um are were cursed by Bracus Rex. Okay. Uh to be uh Bracus Rex turned them into pigs and they didn't mind, so then he set them eternally on fire. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh you have to wait and the plot eventually will give you a, a skill called bless, uh which you can use, which you can use to put out their fire. Okay. Um but they're still pigs. Right. Uh, at this point. Well they didn't mind. Um, and then <laughs> Yeah, they, well, they they still at this point they're like, well, it's been you know hundreds of thousands of years because <laughs> uh, Brachus Rex doesn't punish anybody without also making them immortal. Right, right. Um, so you have to tell them to go to the um, Amadia, uh, the goddess of magic fountain, uh-huh. 
uh, that's in the sanctuary uh, so they can go there and try to be depigged, uh, the, <laughs> the main one there, and hoping that that will change them back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go, go talk to this priestess. She'll unhogulate you. Yeah, you, you have to be uh, de-hogified. De- <laughs> um, it's it, the way the arena they're in is really interesting because they're just running around screaming on fire, uh-huh. you know, like uh, like Cody from Venture Brothers. Yeah, but the area they're in is full of poison and oil and stuff, so yeah. they're just causing explosions left and right. Like, <laughs> it's a really dangerous little environmental hazard Brackus Rex made for eternity. Well, it's like a uh, it's like a little crossroads. These are not too. pigs of honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, no porcine deed was committed here uh, mm-hmm. uh so uh but this is like a crossroads uh of a bunch of different routes through this area so you're gonna you're gonna pass by the pigs i never i never found out a way to uh to deal with them or thought to use the bless skill on them bless is really weird yeah uh, and this there's a couple of things you need to use it on but it falls off so it ends up becoming a thing you forget that you have yeah um, like there are a couple of doors that are cursed that you need to use bless to open mm-hmm. and it's like easy to forget. Yeah. Uh, there's another encounter uh, a little bit to the South where you get ambushed by a bunch of voidling bugs. Uh, they mm-hmm. come at you uh, and it's just wave after wave of them. They, they kind of burrow up from around the ground uh, and they are talking to you. And also the disembodied voice from the sea is uh, speaking to you throughout the fight, telling you, Hey, come find the healing waters. That's what it was telling yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's another combat encounter uh, to the Seeker hideout with Void Salamanders. Mm-hmm. Um, this early part of the map is a little bit less freeform yeah. than it would be later, um, not least of which because you don't have that much in the way of mobility skills. So mm-hmm. they can kind of funnel you towards things. Um, you're still kind of in a tutorial. Like this is Act 1, but it doesn't uh, you know, totally take the training wheels off until mm-hmm. Act 2. Yeah. Um, when you get to the uh, where the Seekers are, they're guarded by a woman named Bahara, and uh, you, she says, you know, prove you're not a magister. Uh, there are a bunch of different ways you can do this. Mm-hmm. And you can get in and find this little shrine of seekers. This is your your first friendly town. Um, there is a sanctuary to Amadia, which opens up the, uh, it's a fast travel point. Mm-hmm. Um, when you find these statues to these gods, you can zip around yeah. uh, the world uh, with these things. Which is and, neat. Yeah. 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 They're, they're destinations. You can fast travel from anywhere as long as you're not in a combat encounter, I believe. Yep. Uh, you can, if you get, there's a, a feat that allows you to flee, even with enemies that are right next to you, mm-hmm. um, which is a way you can boringly break the game. Because cool. you can take down one character, run away, <laughs> heal, come back. Uh, that's degenerate. I don't do that. Yep. Um, they're also, uh, throughout the game, just so we don't talk about each individual one, there are four uh, teleporter pyramids. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can find and place around and then teleport between them. Yeah. So you can kind of make your own uh, points of interest, which was more useful before it patched in getting your source points back on resting. Gotcha. Because uh, you would put one in the uh, source basement you find in the second act and just mm-hmm. hang out, you know, zip back there between combat encounters. Yeah. Uh, Bahara is somebody that you're looking for for the Red Lizard, right? This is another dreamer? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you you just find your next, you just leapfrog. Gotcha. To the next lizard. Like, you don't get a lot of information. You just find out that there's another lizard, uh, you know, on near Driftwood. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Pointing so. you again to uh, to act two. Uh, the sanctuary, we've thrown the we've thrown the name Amadia around a couple of times. Uh, she is one of the seven gods, uh, kind of the pantheon of divinity uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had their had their avatar in Lucian uh, before he passed away. Uh, she specifically is the goddess of magic, 
uh, and kind of the person who is tending to the sanctuary. Uh, it's a woman. Where do I have the woman's name? Where's she at? I'm trying to remember it too. Uh, like, like um, it's like Gratiana or something like that. Yeah, gra- yeah, Gratiana. Yeah. Um, she's interesting. I ended up fucking up her her quest, so I ended oh. up being I end up locked out of it. Mm. Um, which can happen. Like, if you get stressed out by having a quest in your log that you can never finish, mm-hmm. uh, that will happen in this game. Yes. Uh, I did do her quest, which uh, ended up being good. It's a it is a very sweet resolution. Mm-hmm. No, she's a good one. Yeah. Um, the uh, kinda. <laughs> the um the seven of those gods you know she's the one of magic there's one for each race mm-hmm. um there's like one of strength as well yeah the kind of macro plot of this game is about them and their origins right uh but you know it's not this isn't just a sanctuary that you know most of the people that you're going to find here are seekers uh these are people who um go looking for the god woken yes uh, in order to uh, uh, help them ascend yeah, like pilgrims yeah. um they came here uh you know, to find a sorcerer from Fort Joy, but they were attacked by Shriekers. Um, it turns out that the uh, the um, divinity have, they can take these sorcerers and kind of crucify them and turn them into instant death turrets. Yes. Um, that scream at you until you explode. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have a way through that. No. Um, they, uh, you know, the, the sorcerers, uh, the sorcerer that they were seeking was this godwoken, uh, Virtus, the elf that was dying in the dungeon. Um, Alexander doesn't believe anybody who is not in his father's line of succession could be the new divine. So mm-hmm. he's locking up sorcerers, basically like if I can't be it, nobody can. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they need to go challenge this. So the, uh, the leader of the seekers, Sir Gareth has gone, uh, in search of weapons on the Island that can defeat the shriekers and like divinity, uh, there's a couple different things you can use. So mm-hmm. it's encouraging you to go explore the Island and just find ways around this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing a bunch of them, <laughs> not all of mm-hmm. them. Like I didn't go to the gargoyle maze, uh, but, uh, you know, I went to the vault, which is important. I went to the treasury. We got a bunch of different mm-hmm. leads that we can go for. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can briefly talk about the maze. Yeah. Uh, it's actually kind of obnoxious. Oh, um, there's a, there's a dwarf. Uh, it's not really a maze either. Oh, I feel like you can't <laughs> make a, a nine room grid, a maze. Huh. Um, there is a, uh, a dwarf named Dugan, uh, here who's comforting a woman named Layla, or Leia, who is kind of touched uh, in the head. Uh, she's very upset about Gareth leaving, and if you talk to her, she'll remove all your source scholars, mm-hmm. which is great. And um, we found a couple puddles of source yeah. uh, throughout the game now, so we have a way to recharge, even though we can't do it mm-hmm. consistently, uh, unless we have that mod on. Yeah. And uh, Gradiana, the woman who runs this, uh, is undead. Um, she has a mask on. Uh, Fane knows that she's undead. You can say, like, what's behind the mask, and press her, and find out that she's a skull. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little backstory on Bracus Rex, who was the big bad in Divinity Original Sin 1. Was he now? Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah, you sense. You go and fight Bracus Rex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just so we know, he was an ancient sorcerer who kind of corrupted this island by using it as, as his playground for necromancy. So kind of a Dr. Moreau figure. Um, yeah. Flens the planet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, she says, oh, these soul forged items are in his armory. That may be a place where you can uh, go check out, you know, just this place is littered. And, you know, we have seen, like, you can find a depleted purging wand, uh, in, I believe, uh, Niles's lair. Like you can see this mm-hmm. and you can look and say like, yeah, the magisters kind of seem to prize these things. They're really powerful. That ended up being the thing that I used, uh, to get past the shriekers. But like, there are a bunch of things that kind of have this purging kind of effect. Yeah. yeah, and that will that will destroy uh, a somebody who has source. Yes, 
so nearest to this place is the vault of Bracus Rex. So there's like an illusory cave wall that you can see if you get close enough to it. I think also if you have a mm-hmm. high enough wits score, possibly. Yeah, wits is what reveals uh, hidden uh, hidden doors and stuff in this game. Uh, if you don't want to put a bunch of points into it, uh, the clear-minded status, which is in the pyrotechnics <laughs> group, um, gives you a big bonus to this. Uh, it's also what determines initiative. Yep. So if you're going into a fight and it's very key that one of your characters goes early or first, mm-hmm. uh, cast that on them. Yes. Um, when you get in here, this is where you meet Trompdoy, um, who is great. Uh, he's a skeleton. Uh, mm-hmm. he's very flamboyant and just taunts your party members, uh, uh-huh. about their, you know, their dicks and their genitals <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really good. Like just cast, a, a, you know, aspersions towards your ability to, uh, you know, <laughs> use genital well, to use that proficiency <laughs> what's very funny about it is i you know and just call me uh call me simple uh but <laughs> but um uh the way that they pace out the dialogue is to say who why are you so angry is it because you're small dot 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 and you think he's going to you know sidestep it because that would be a joke right and yeah. it's like uh yeah. like sword or whatever and no yeah. it's like and after the pause he goes pecker yeah <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> um he's trying to uh get you into a fight yeah uh with him um and this is kind of like uh there are like a couple dungeons in this game that are like prestige dungeons uh-huh um which do the full gamut of like physics puzzles um riddles and combat encounters um you know we talked about combat as the star of the show in this game they're really fun riddles mm-hmm. uh, in this game i think i i like riddles i love the riddle you know? that uh, is kind of part way through this yeah it's, it's really good it's like it's you know it's the right level of difficulty it's not gonna you know destroy you yeah you know, it's not gonna puzzle fuck you but it, it's uh you know it's just like mm, this mm, this is that good D D yeah dungeon riddle feeling <laughs> you know it scratches a it scratches a, a very particular itch yeah. Yes. Uh, so he's going to kind of continue to hound you here. Um, he uh, There's no visible way to go forward, so you have to cross this invisible bridge uh, to get through. And he will taunt you with these illusory uh, treasure chests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you open them up, they create these damaging environmental effects. They explode in poison or fire. <laughs> um, and then when you get a little bit further in, he creates a version of himself with clones where it's him as every like, D&D class, basically. Yeah. You know, an archer, wizard, and fighter mm-hmm. tromped away. Yes. Uh, and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's and, a, the, there's a, uh, an encounter a little bit further on, like on a bridge where he does kind of the same thing. Uh, but he will summon in infinite clones until you kill the real one. Yeah. And that's the real him. Yeah. Uh, or closer to the real him. Yes. Um, this one, after you kill him, you think you did it and the little treasure chest appears and it's another trap chest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, cause Trump do is huge dick, uh-huh. um, who doesn't pecker, like the please. size of my pecker. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Uh, it's like Peckers just fine, man. No bad peckers. <laughs> Don't you listen to the network? Um you uh you get to the uh after you do this, after you fight that version of him, I meet in this room full of these uh the Statue of Illusions, and the statue says that Trompdoy was fated to become the guardian of the vault by Brachus Rex himself. Yes. So there's slightly more to Trompdoy than just him being a, a skeleton of, obsessed with Peckers. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, and this the statue gives us a word puzzle. Uh, and Mm -hmm. you know, I'll do my best to describe this. He will say, um, a word, he will say, you know, source is, you know, 
X, Y, Z sources. And you can, you can see that each of the words that he says corresponds to the letter of the first word that he said. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so he will then ask you if source is these things, then like, how would you spell the word cure, which is made up of letters that you can find in source using this kind of cipher that I've created. Yeah. You know, and you have a couple of different options to pick. Yeah. You know, just the right amount of lift. Sour, original, unguent, Mm -hmm. really cool, ecstatic, you know, something like that. Except it's, Um, except it is not a direct map. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a little bit different than that, but it's, you know, that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can ask him further questions and we learn that what Brachus Rex was trying to do here, which is, uh, researching a cure for a source. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how he found the purging wands or created the purging wands. And I love this as a little Easter egg for people who played the first one Yeah, because getting into this, you know, this dark science and shit that Brachus was into is something that we don't really get into hmm. in the, uh, the first game. Nice. Um, so it's really neat to see. Hmm. Yeah. And once you defeat Tromptoy on the bridge, um, we find the real one. Like after we defeat him, he's talking to you genuinely. He's like, Hey, like, I'm really sorry. I'm cursed. You know, this isn't what I want to do. I'm not, you know, I don't want to just make pecker jokes, Yeah. you know, <laughs> like this, this sucks for me too. And you could be forgiven for thinking it's a trick, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And, and says, also like, you know, like, Oh, you put us through hell. You expect us to like sympathize with you now. Yeah. You know, but he's he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can destroy his soul jar, which are these jar, jars that have someone's soul in them, and these people that Brachus Rex. Uh, you can consume those for a source point mm-hmm. um, if you decide not to do that. But you can just smash it on the floor, and he, like, falls to his knees thanking you. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just cursed to be this, like, dick-obsessed jester skeleton Yeah, for all time. It's, Eternity. Yeah. You know, that you know. or a burning pig, which is worse. You know, I, <laughs> I know I'd rather be the uh, dick-obsessed jester skeleton, but, you know. You know Eternity will take take a take a lot of the take a lot of the shine off of that one, you know. Yeah, pretty quick. <laughs> I think. Yeah. 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 Well, his isn't the only soul jar here. Uh, my understanding mm-hmm. is you can find other necromancers, uh, and is this where you find Withermore's soul jar as well? No, his his is actually in another area where there are gotcha. fake ones. Okay. Uh, it, it's like Withermore the this, Withermore the that, as mm. and you have to find the correct one. Yeah. Uh, but you can touch these different soul jars and get scenes uh, of the, you know, the lives of the past lives of the souls inside. Uh, many of them are necromancers who kind of made this Faustian deal uh, with Brachus Rex. Um, I break all of them except for the one belonging to Gratiana. Like, you know, she'll you know, I'll, I'll let her decide what to do with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can eat that one. Um, I did not. For some reason, I didn't get Gratiana's here. No. I either broke it before the quest triggered Okay. To have her uh, be thankful or did something else. But when mm. I came back to her, she kept telling me to find her soul jar. And I was like, I've been there. There's no, it's yeah. gone. Already. Like, I can't do it. Some flagging thing. But did possibly. you look, did you really look hard? <laughs> yes. I really looked hard, mom. Um, the, uh, but these are like necromancers who made these deals with uh, Brachus. Yes. Uh, at this point. And we can uh, break all these. We can also hold on to them mm-hmm. and, confront the necromancers with them yeah. uh, who were all compatriots of Gradiana. I think they're in the gargoyle maze. Okay. Um, and they'll be, they'll tell you like, you know, Gradiana is actually kind of bad news. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she, she's uh, did a bunch of, she did the same kind of horrible shit we did. Yes. Um, they're all skeletons. They're all playing cards. <laughs> uh, it's real fun. And you, you can tell them like, Hey, I can break your soul jars and then you can avoid the fight. Okay. With them. I imagine they just don't show up if you break them first. Probably. But there's a card yeah. table that you probably passed at some point mm-hmm. that was meant to have skeletons around it. Oh, gotcha. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, one of the chambers here is this, uh, statue that has been defaced. This is important. You need to, uh, mm-hmm. interact with this because you need to learn how to bless things, um, in order yeah. to, uh, in order to proceed. Uh, and, uh, if you examine it, your main character is drawn into, into the hall of echoes. You've heard people mention this, uh, the hall of echoes is kind of their euphemism for the afterlife. Like this is the place mm-hmm. where the, it's the realm of the gods where people go after they die. Yes. Yeah. Um, and again, this game uh, allowing you to have very different experiences. So when you're maining the stuff that you got in the notes here, uh, mm-hmm. you don't find out until well into Act Two if you're mm. not maining Vane. Cool. So all the stuff about the veil and the void that is a late later game reveal. Do we not want uh, to go over it here? Or no, no, we we can because okay, cool. it's uh, possible to get here. You yeah. know, I just I can't speak to it because it's different mm-hmm. with than how I played it. Gotcha. Um, um, when I, I, when I played as a Losa custom sees. character, oh, go! I want to yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and give me both. Okay. Sorry, uh, the custom character just talks to the god of whatever race. Okay, uh, they are. Um, I was an elf, and the elf god was very haughty mm-hmm. and very controlling of me, which is you know in line with what we're going to find out about the gods. Yeah, uh, Lose does not talk to a god; she has somebody running interference. Um, she <laughs> runs into a ghostly version of herself, who is the demon. Okay, and this is where a lot of like the kind of abuse dialogue comes through and you get the reveal that the demon is basically trying to ride her to divi- to divinity hmm. um you know and you can choose whether to resist or whatever but this is where you get the blessed power uh, from doing this and he gives you those powers as well um we later learn that one of the sources of source power is demons yes um when we do the demon hunter thing so that is how she's getting her her power it's not from a god mm-hmm. um you know she was not chosen to be one of the gods yeah. uh, people like strictly yeah um, but uh, you, this is the most plot uh, significant thing is what Fane gets. Yeah, because yeah. the god that you speak to is the god of magic. It's Amadia. Um, you know, it's like, hey, I know that name. <laughs> I saw mm-hmm. your fountain. It's hey, pretty cool. with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as you approach and you hear her name and figure out who she is, uh, you get a flashback. It's this narrated flashback of Fane's previous life. Remember, he's this guy, this, you know, this undead who woke up. You know, he was a member of this race called the Eternal, um, mm-hmm. and he woke up basically to find that all of them were gone. And kind of his mm-hmm. motivation as he goes around is he's trying to find remnants, you know, trying to find basically what happened to them. Right. And so we get a glimpse of Fane's life before he was skellified. He is researching in his library and Lady Amadia, one of the seven lords, not one of the seven gods, you know, just kind of part of this nobility. Uh, she comes here to see him because she's interested in Fane's research, which was banned. So, oh, good. Sorry to cut you off. So this is all done through text, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Um, so this isn't before he was skellified. Um, when it's you talk not. to him, we learn that the ancients are skeletons. Oh, okay. And like when that's one of the things when you when you talk to Fane, not as Fane, mm-hmm. he's really he's like, yeah, of course we predate you. You're inside. Like we're inside you. Ooh. When you die, you get reduced down to what your basic what we were you know what i just assumed um, he was skellified <laughs> i assumed mm-hmm. that uh you know him being an undead was unrelated uh to no, they're uh yeah to what all, all the ancients were skeletons huh um you can it's it's a squares and rectangles thing okay because not all skeletons are ancient some of them are just undead right um but the the idea that like the reason why 
everybody has this kind of creature inside them, uh-huh. you know, is, is part of the, is a diegetic part of the story. In yeah. This game. It's like how mitochondria, the, the, the symbol, the, the idea of a parasitic mitochondria kind of thing, yes. you know, like, Oh, this yeah. is, this is another organism that hot, you know, that hopped inside and, you know, you developed around it, but it's still there. Huh? No. Okay, cool. So anyway, Thank you for I didn't mean me. to, yeah, no, no, I didn't. I just didn't want to get uh, get angry letters from the the Larian fanboys <laughs> or the Larian company. I want my Kickstarter in danger. Yeah. <laughs> just hand you back your money. Um, yeah. well, you your not. copy on Steam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but she's interested in his research, which is banned by the king. He is looking into this thing called the veil, uh, which they kind of it's kind of this atmosphere. It's a like a, or an ozone layer. It is a barrier barrier of pure source around the world. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's this, the, the, this discovery that there's a barrier and what is, what is outside of it? Uh, Amadia kind of continues like w- w- the King knew about the veil, you know, and he was using its power in secret, your research to discover what it is and what's beyond it. Uh, bad news for him because that's how he gets his power. Uh, the seven Lords had rebelled and, uh, the King scorched the earth, leaving only the seven, uh, and feigned alive. Uh, and yes. now the king has a way back through the veil to this world, uh, the void. Uh, and that's, you know, part, part of what we're seeing when uh, these bugs are coming through and speaking. I imagine they're speaking in his voice, like they're acting like uh, his emissaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, they're unable to keep the, the king at, at bay. Uh, the void is seeping through. Yes. Um, we'll find out later why this is happening. And there is more to the story. Yeah. Uh, than what we have here. Um, again, though, it's just really neat that you can get this huge plot revelation here. <laughs> yeah. Or like 20 hours from now. Yeah. You know, like way down the road when you uh, get into an encounter in Act 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but this is this is a big deal yes. uh, about the cosmology. This is information nobody has. And everybody has a unique encounter here. Like you can't yeah. play as your other characters mm-hmm. uh, when they go in the Hall of Echoes. Like you can only play as your, your main character. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she says, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, all the gods are fighting each other. Uh, she frames mm-hmm. it as all of the other six are fighting among themselves. She's very much mm-hmm. involved in this kind of bickering. Like everybody's at fault. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, she grants the ability to bless and also says, Hey, you really need to worry about your companions. Each of them is God woken, uh, and champions of the other six gods. Um, except for this Losa character. Uh, who is something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, and she is very adamant. Only you can handle the power of divinity. They can help you along the path, but only you, Fane, can reach its end. Yes. She's pushing you as her Pokemon. Yes. You know, for this. And this is a, a thing where you're teaming up with people, but you all ultimately want the same thing. Yes. And there are repercussions of that in the end. Mm. Um, you can, uh, if, if Gradiana's quest doesn't break, you can, uh, you know, give that back to her. And we find out that she was a concubine of Rockus Rex and helped create the Purging Wands. Mm-hmm. Um, as he campaigned, he became crueler and more paranoid. Like, he has started out as, you know, more upstanding. Eventually, Gradiana even regretted her actions, and she threw herself from a cliff. Mm-hmm. But Rockus Rex claimed her soul, uh, so she could not kill herself. Yes. Uh, and could, would stay eternally bound. Yeah. Um, on the beach, we can find uh, Wendigo, the the witch that um, sank our ship. Mm-hmm. And, and took, took my mask. mask. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's making pleas to her God to take her back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she says, you know, she doesn't worship any of the seven imposters. She, she worships the true God of divinity. Yeah. Um, and this is a really tough uh, caster fight. Yeah. Um, but she's alone, mm-hmm. which, you know, makes, again, anytime it's it's four on one is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she's got uh, like a bunch of stuff from a bunch of different uh, schools. Uh, she can throw out basically every one of the uh, of the environmental effects. And she's on kind of the small little island. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the the arena works against you there. Uh, but, uh, she has good loot and I got my mask back, baby. Yeah. Getting that mask is great. <laughs> Fane can go retire now. <laughs> um, there are some undead, uh, where there's this rumor ruins of an armory, uh, here. I didn't end up doing this in, until much later. Mm. So this was a lot easier for me because I did a lot of side stuff first. Yeah. Um, I imagine this is pretty tough if you go right here. Yeah, it's pretty um, hard. There, there are a couple of like set piece battles, uh, kind of on the way, and then when you rescue Sir, Sir Gareth himself, just a bunch of magisters, um, yeah. uh, that are in pretty balanced parties, and as always, the archers are just they, they man, they just uh, uh, they're snipers. Fuck archers yeah. are snipers. Yeah, yeah. We talked about um, charm and turn denial being very overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that is very overpowered, especially early on, is summons. Yeah. Um, if you can get some summons, uh, the conjuring skill set, uh, is not particularly powerful, mm-hmm. uh, in my experience, but there are summons in most of the other schools. Yeah. Um, the necromancy, you can summon a gigantic skeleton spider Ooh. and shit. Uh, that stuff is real good. Yeah. So part of the reason why I made Losa summoner, uh, was to kind of get that turn advantage. You know, you summon, mm-hmm. uh, at least early on, you summon something called an incarnate, um, uh, what you summon, uh, like it will take on aspects of whatever ground you summon it into. So like you can summon it right behind somebody in order to get a backstab or you can summon it into some nearby fire. So it will turn into a fire incarnate. Uh, the yeah. same thing goes for these, uh, totems that you can summon, uh, and you can do one the every turrets. turn, which is a lot, uh, yeah. where you can summon a turret and it will take on the aspect of wherever, whatever it lands on, uh, kind of taking snipes at uh, different people around the, uh, the arena. Yeah. And if you summon one um, on the southern border of Rivalon, you get a chili incarnate. Incarnate. No? Okay. <laughs> We've been recording for a while. We have, yeah. <laughs> Ch- chili incarnate, I thought was kind of okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I'm sorry about my mournful sigh. No, it's, it's I, you know, I'm not saying I don't uh, deserve it, but yeah. it's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I'm too defeated to fight. Um, but, uh, he's outside of this, uh, this armory. We have mm-hmm. to go inside and get purging wands. Um, so we can make our way to the Magister flagship uh, and kill those shriekers. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way forward is through this uh, metal door into the armory itself where the Magisters had gone and gotten uh, cursed. Yes. Um, this void curse has taken the whole group um, as they were saying there. And this is where you have to like bless the, the door. Yeah. Um, he has this and he asked for a mercy kill and we know how we feel about mercy kills on Duckfeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Down you go. Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, once you uh, get through there, um, we get the uh, helmet, the helmet of Brachus Rex, which mm-hmm. allows you to do three uh, purges. Yes. Um, and then eventually gets um, a power called uh, Chains of Agony, I think, mm. uh, which is really good. Um, a demon pops out of the helmet after you used it a certain number of times. Nice. And if you fight the demon, it gets a different ability. Um, but now we can now, you know, we can continue. Yes. Uh, we have no purging wands. We have the helmet. There's probably going to be more yeah. than that. So we need to uh, get some backup than that. Yes. 
Um, you can also, I found a purging wand in the vault of Brachus Rex. So I have both of these mm -hmm. and that was enough to clear the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, are there any other kind of like quests that you can do on the island itself before we do the escape? Uh, the, the big one that's cool is the, uh, the dragon. Did you uh, find the dragon? No, I did not. Oh, this is the backup um, you're talking about though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there's a big ice dragon, uh, in the lower right hand side of the uh, the map mm -hmm. and he is being bound by these chains um you know you think you're going to fight him and you can destroy uh the chains and he says like hey uh, a witch has access to my my power my source basically mm -hmm. um you have to go kill her and you go in this really cool set piece this like carnal cave okay um where there's just like piles of corpses uh everywhere and have to fight this really tough caster fight where she has flying insects okay uh on her team and you go back, uh, you get a good reward, and then the dragon will help you. Uh, and the dragon does a flyover of the uh, the battlefield and takes out a bunch of the shriekers. Oh, cool! Uh, for you, um, there's also uh, did you f did you find the skeleton hand on the beach? No, no, I didn't. Uh, that is also very cute. Um, you drop it, and it points in a direction. Okay. Uh, it keeps it keeps pointing somewhere, so you have is to it like, pointing to the rest of them. It is pointing to the rest of them. Uh, you have to follow it to get to it. And it's this uh, undead pirate captain Ooh. who who is a real piece of crap um, <laughs> who you either have to, you know, trick or fight. Uh, but you can get his uh, his set okay. uh, from him, which is are uh, really, really cool. It has a, uh, a bunch of neat little, uh, you know, uh, set bonuses like immunity to being drunk. Oh, um, immunity to slipping stuff like that. It's like a cool rogue set. Nice. Um, but I love the little hand that you drop on the, the ground and it literally just points in the direction. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are a couple of other like little small things as mm -hmm. well. Um, the gargoyle maze is where, you know, you find inside that's where you find uh, some more armor. It's where you find those uh, necromancers who are playing cards. Yep. Uh, as I mentioned. And then the maze itself, uh, the concept of that is you get skulls that will open a door and they can only be used once. So you have to kind of do little puzzles okay. uh, in the in the maze to unlock different skulls. Um, and it's not very big of uh, a maze, and you can teleport around to kind of avoid it. Mm -hmm. um, you just do this for experience, basically, yeah. and, uh, and treasures. Uh, there's another guy who's eternally set on fire. Um, you have to uh, bless him and put him out mm -hmm. uh, to, to get him. And he's like a scholar who will give you some more Brachus Lex, Rex lore and nice. such. So there's a, there's a bunch of little kind of small things you can do around here. Uh, did you did you run into the magister who lost his eyes, who was blinded in the attack, who you can fool into? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I like, think I, I think I ended up killing him. Like he just he kept oh, yeah. on he kept on insisting, and I was like, dude, like you can't see. I have the upper hand on you. <laughs> you 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 have Ma to magister scum. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to go. <laughs> um, the the uh, but there's a lot of little touches like that. Like this is a very dense map. Okay. With uh with fun little treasures like that. So there aren't uh you know the dragon is probably the big uh, quest. Mm -hmm. When you uh, get the dragon, when you get him back, his power he turns into a lizard man. Like he is a dragon knight. Okay. Kind of thing, foreshadowing some red prince stuff. Gotcha. Um, you know they used to be uh, literal dragons, and they've kind of degraded mm -hmm. into these lizard men. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's most of it. Like, I'm, again, there's tons of, oh, I'm sure we miss shit. Yeah. So, and that's going to be, that's going to go double for Act 2, which is as big as Acts 3 and 4 together. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and about twice as big as this act. 
So mm-hmm. it, it's the bulk of the game. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, let's make our escape, dude. Yeah. Uh, when we go, when we have a way to get through this, we go back to the Seekers and we tell uh, Gareth that we have that. So they will head up towards the, uh, you know, the, the ship where the ship is docked. And we find a bunch of them have been crucified. Um, you know, they have been, they're in the process of being turned into Seekers. Like they're not there yet or there yes. anymore. You know, they've been, uh, they don't live here anymore. Yeah. And we run into the first uh, kind of the trope of like the people who don't want a mercy kill them. Like they're still in there somewhere, mm-hmm. which will become a kind of a theme of, uh, you know, in the second act as well. Yeah. Uh, and Gareth is here. He's like, hey, you know, Alexander is nearby. Um, you know, so this, this is kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on uh, how you get past these seekers, either use the helmet or wands or the dragon comes by and takes out a bunch of them mm-hmm. near the docks to kind of race these turrets so you can get in. And uh, Gareth says, I'm going to take the ship. Like I'm going to take all these seekers that you've met <laughs> Later, and dude. get to the lady vengeance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he, luckily he doesn't abandon you. Right. Right. It almost seems like he will um, <laughs> while you keep Alexander busy. And uh, you go up to Alexander for your big climactic uh, act one boss fight. Yeah. Uh, here, which takes turns like this, this takes, uh, you know, this goes places. <laughs> I didn't expect this to be as dramatic and dynamic as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it changes throughout. Like it's, it's a really well-balanced tough fight initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexander is no fucking joke. Right. Um, as like a battle cleric, uh, kind of character. Um, and when you talk to him, something that I do a lot in this game is I'll go through and I'll get the story dialogue mm-hmm. to do a confrontation. Then I'll reload and do a more tactical fight. Yeah. That it also feels diegetic to me because it's like, I don't need to hear this guy's speech. I just, he's got to go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when you talk to him, he's like, yeah, I don't, you know, we're like, we are trying to survive. Yeah. Like, again, as you mentioned before, like history is not going to judge me well. It doesn't matter though, because yeah. these things are no, but no joke. Like you've seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They saw what it did to your ship. Like you've seen it around the yeah. island. Like why in the world would you want to, why in the world would you want a world with more of these? basically. And, and yeah, he's not like entirely wrong. Yeah. Like, because, uh, you do this like long, difficult fight and then partway through, I um, mean, this happened for me right after I summoned, um, or used source. Okay. Um, so when you, uh, avoid woken, uh, drill worm kind of thing pops up, this gigantic, like graboid mm-hmm. pops up and it becomes this interesting, like three way fight. Like the, the void awoken will fight both of you, but the, the magisters, they're, you know, more concerned with that than they are with you. Yeah, well, it's multiple stories tall, and it can uh, uh, move around. Like, it will reburrow and erupt, knocking whole groups of people down. Yeah, uh, which is a lost turn. Like, being knocked down is, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, again, very cool. Um, teleporting Alexander out um, or kind of around the corner. Uh-huh. So my guys could night at the Roxbarium <laughs> while the worm kept his uh, troops busy. It was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, for me, it was a... it. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of a fool's errand, but I tried to get as much high ground as possible uh, mm-hmm. once the once the worm kind of kind of came out. I was like, I'll take the high ground. Everybody else is going to um, uh, just kind of be be working on this guy. And then once they've thinned each other out, I can, you know, pick up the I can pick up the, the pieces. Turns out the worm can get up to the high ground as well. Like he can erupt through the building, uh, yeah. knocking you over. So that was not as much as I wanted. Ultimately, he minored in high ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ultimately, the better strategy was to uh, get as spread out as possible, uh, because if yeah. you were bunched up at all, 
Uh, not only would the enemies who lean more toward Caster and definitely Alexander, uh, who loves uh, proccing uh, Blinding Radiance, uh, which is yeah. an AOE spell that will uh, blind you if you get near him. Like basically, it comes with his coat. Yeah, it does. You, once you kill him and take his coat, you get the ability to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I took it. That, that's it's a really good coat. You know, coat mm-hmm. fit for an almost divine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, the... getting as spread out as possible was the thing that helped me. Helped me with this. Uh, enemies will teleport you as well um, in this one, and my Losa got teleported around the corner and had to spend a couple of turns uh, coming back, which is a problem because that was a couple of turns that I couldn't get functional turrets out. Yeah, which which sucks. Mm-hmm. But it's cool the way that um, generally the enemy will play by your rules. Yeah, so you can legit learn tactics. Mm-hmm from enemies you know we talked about in the beginning how they size you up using that lore master thing yeah smarter enemies will use smarter tactics in this yeah and you 100 percent can learn from enemies uh in this and it can be very simple things like get high ground with your archers or mark more complicated things like hey if i teleport this person here like through a window mm-hmm. you know because teleport is line of sight not line of walking yeah um they will it's gonna take them two turns to get back you know, or vice versa, like keeping my characters behind the corner, having a uh, feign sneak out uh, in a barrel, teleport in a character into the Night of the Roxbury zone and then <laughs> run back while and while everyone has to kind of walk up, you know, take out the, the individual dude. Yeah. Uh, it's good, good shit. It's a really good fight. Yeah. Um, after the fight, um, you know, you get, you get a chance to loot and stuff. This game doesn't do the thing where you just get, you know, whisked off, which is great. Um, this woman uh, named Malady. Uh, shows up and she's going to be end up being a very important character uh she is kind of a uh, demoness like a half demon half she's half demon know. half elf and yes. if you're looking to get me to trust your character don't call her malady yeah it's not it's it's a real telling name uh, here <laughs> uh she's also uh one of the horntest things in the game yeah uh she she uh got a real flooded basement for losa Okay. Um, which I was surprised to find it was a yeah. real flooded basement situation. Well, she makes so. her, she makes her first, imp- like for at least for Fane, she made her first impression by trying to bite his ear. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a time and a place for that, but <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're literally coated in gore. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to um, get some false positives. You're looking to get some flesh. I, I definitely have some yeah. gibbs on me. <laughs> Let me shower. I mean, I haven't seen one in this world, but like, there's, a, there's like two bathtubs on the next island. Let me see if I can find one of those. Um, so she learns, you know, what you are at this point. You know, if yeah, you are yeah. one of the uh, God Woken, she learns that the God talked to you. If you are Losa, she learns that you have this demon inside you mm-hmm. and says like, we really can't talk now. You need to talk to my master, you know, talk to my friend who can train you in using the source. Yes. I uh, call them the Meister. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be kind of act two is all about learning the source. Um, there are interstitial acts in this game. Um, the first one, you know, when we're on the boat is kind of interstitial act. And here we do this little act on the lady vengeance, uh, which is going to kind of become our hub ship mm-hmm. um, throughout the game where we can teleport back here and kind of like Majula, like merchants will relocate. Yeah. Come back yeah. here eventually. It's your, uh, it's your Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when, when you get here, uh, Gareth and Melody are arguing about what to do. Um, it's not the dead magisters, it's the seekers. Oh yeah. Um, all the people who you met in the little town who were nice are, are all dead on the ship. They died, <laughs> taking, <laughs> they the died ship. taking it. Yeah. They knew there were risks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Melody says. Anyway, Melody wants to throw them overboard. 
yeah, we just got to go because they're stinking up the joint. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really matter though, because the ship can't move. Right. Um, the ship isn't a sailboat. It's made from live wood from an elven ancestor tree. So this was once an elf. Um, and the spirit inside it is bound like a command word from Dallas. Yes. So we're going to need to spend this interstitial act trying to figure out what that command word is, uh, you know, yes. and if you walk up to the figurehead, which is this big, beautiful, you know, carved wooden dragon, uh, you'll see like charred bodies. Like people had tried to uh, uh, convince it and it uh, burned them. So the stakes are pretty high. Yeah. Um, Alexander lived yep. uh, through this. Um, and he's down in the hole below with, uh, in a jail cell with some of his servants. Yes. Um, and we need to figure out a way to get the ship going so we can go interrogate. Right. Uh, there. Um, so we can get to Driftwood and meet, uh, Maester, uh, or, uh, Meister Siva, mm -hmm. who is the leader of the Seekers and has plans for the God Right. Um, Alexander's unconscious. Like we can't talk to him, uh, at this point, but one of the Magister mates from the ship is awake and we can talk to her to get the information, mm -hmm. uh, and find out that Dallas has been dabbling in dark magic and she uses a book of hymns to control the ship. Mm -hmm. Um, there are lots of ways you can find this out. Yeah. Uh, you can, uh, talk to an animal. Mm -hmm. uh, that has heard her singing it. Um, if you're Losa, you can get special dialogue because Losa is a musician. Mm -hmm. um, and she can get the animal to to say the sing the song. Oh, nice. Uh, basically, it's very cute. Yeah. Um, no, um, I got I uh, I got to the hymnal, uh, and it's like two parts. You need to find this gem that's on Alexander's body, and you also need to um, loot one of the Magisters, and you find a note that has the password uh, to the kind of yeah. the magic doors uh, to the captain's quarters downstairs. Yeah. Uh, in the captain's quarters is a character named Tarquin, uh, who is also going to be a, a big character, has a lot of cool quests associated with him. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of a tinker in this opulent chamber. And uh, he says, you know, Dallas has me here. I, I was doing her bidding like she had me dominated. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something not that doesn't quite add up to this guy. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we'll learn throughout the game what this is if you if you pursue his kind of storyline. Yeah. Um, but he has a cat with him that's a skeleton cat uh, that he... <laughs> Uh, reanimated uh, he insists, it oh it's just an illusion you know i, I did yeah. not i did not bring a cat back to life that would be necromancy and wrong uh yeah. this is really sad if you use a uh, pet pal to talk to the skeletal cat because she misses yeah. her master and you know dallas for everything that we've seen that she's a monster she can still love her cat and her cat can still love her right and she'll yeah. be like self-conscious like you know i'm a monster you know her name is boopily bear uh, which is a yeah. good name for a kitty cat. Um, you know, she initially recoils if you go to pet her, uh, but eventually if you uh, kind of build up her self-esteem, she will accept pets, you know, yeah. uh, which is uh, which is good. But she will tell this you. Ultimately, like, the goal of the pet percent speed run. <laughs> you wanna, so, I mean, you want to pet the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. But just this, the dog? this, the, this little... <laughs> Just this little skeletal cat who just wants to be loved like a regular cat does. Yeah, that's uh, very sad. Yeah, but she'll yeah. she'll tell you where where uh, where the hymnal is. Uh, your your first hint that Tarkin is more uh, than he seems, at least aside just from his dialogue, mm -hmm. is uh, trading with him. This game does the great CRPG thing where you can barter with anybody. Yep. Um, and he has this huge stockpile of awesome shit. <laughs> um, so it's like, oh, okay, this guy is kind of important. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. going to stick around. Fane immediately, uh, understands that he's a necromancer. You, yeah. you, you can't get him yeah. to admit it, but he knows. Yeah. Um, so you go back with the hymnal, uh, you can wake up the figurehead and talk to it. 
um, this this dragon at the prow. Um, you say like, "Hey, you're free now," and she's like, "I, you know, I'm not. Like, you know, I can't be free. Like, I was mm-hmm. turned into a fucking ship. <laughs> you know, like how like." That's exactly how she says it, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you know, how free can you be if, if you got magic into furniture? Yeah. You know, it, like, I'm sentient, <laughs> you know, but also I'm a chair. Like, it it, it doesn't work that way. Go. Know? Go wherever you want. I can't climb a fucking mountain. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? I'll never sit down again. Yeah. Like, if this isn't Fitzcarralto, I can't fucking get over a mountain. What do you feed me? Um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do I eat? Um, the uh, but she says she, you know she'll ally with you because you show her this kindness. She'll take yeah. you where you need to go. So you go to Driftwood, but we get a like a little fake out. Like we thought we had our big boss fight, and mm-hmm. we get another like run out the clock uh, boss fight where Dallas's fleet uh, overtakes you, and uh, she and she has a cloaked figure like a worm tongue. Mm-hmm. They're whispering. Um, throwing curses down at us and saying abominations and malady is going to cast an escape spell. Yeah. Um, so we have to, uh, we have this big, huge multi-person fight mm-hmm. and we have to hold out long enough for malady to cast the spell. Yeah. Uh, you have allies with you. Kind of the remaining seekers mm-hmm. will fight alongside you. You have Gareth, uh, who has the, the Phoenix drop, uh, kind of skill, mm-hmm. which lets him cross large areas of the map and do like flame AOEs. Uh, and you also have a caster mm-hmm. who will end up helping you out. Uh, it's a good fight. Yeah. Um, and uh, you want to keep Gareth alive. Like, he can die mm-hmm. uh, here. Oh, you know what is a, a, a basic thing that we didn't talk about? What? Uh, the little the little squirrel riding the skeleton cat. <laughs> what? Do you, do, you that, do you have that guy? No, I didn't have a squirrel riding a skeleton cat. He just, like, followed you around. That was in the original version, too. Oh, um, oh Maybe we didn't run into him. No, I had the black cat who followed me. I couldn't keep well, it alive. Both. What? Oh, so so there, there's both. There's a black cat that follows you. Okay. And if you keep it alive, you can summon it. And the way it participates in combat is it can just jump to areas and swap places with you. Oh. So it ups the mobility of whoever its master is. And then there's, um, I can't remember the name of him. The name of his uh, his mount is like Quericus. Okay. But there is a guy who talks about uh, using you as like a meat shield because he's afraid the great acorn will fall. He has this like mythology based around squirrels <laughs> that will f- follow you for the entire game. And the reason why I thought of him in terms of keeping Gareth alive is because I somewhere in some fight he died. Oh, yeah. And now his ghost is following me around. <laughs> um, so he's just cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, just, I, I I thought he was mandatory. No. He no, shows up I on the beach. Did not. Uh, did not find him. Didn't find the the the, the squirrel rider. Huh. Uh, he's cute. Yeah. Uh, anywho, um, this is a tough fight, but you just have to run out the clock. Mm-hmm. So your your movement stuff is very key. Like just teleporting enemies away from Malady. Yeah. You know is good, um, and kind of distracting them. Um, when she does the spell, uh. You guys escape, but you escape through uh, the veil. Yeah. Um, and when you're there, you see all seven gods strung up on a spirit tree hanging. Yes. Um, this is a really cool, spooky image. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Void Woken did this. Uh, you have to use mm-hmm. your bless skill on one of them to bring them back. Uh, I went right to my girl. I went right to Amadia. I don't know what happens mm-hmm. if you try to wake up somebody who isn't your patron. Um, what happens if you're Losa? Uh, do you get waylaid by the demon here? Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't bless anybody. Okay. The demon just, uh, negs you basically, (laughs) uh, during this, like it it is like being, being inhabited by a a pickup artist in some ways. (laughs) Like he's a real scumbag, but he's very hateable and I know what happens to him. So I'm, uh, I'm happy 
to have him go along, give him enough rope to hang himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I brought Amadia back, uh, talk to her. She's, she's, this is where she starts revealing herself as kind of a dick, uh, as yeah. a, as an eternal supremacist, right? She wants me fain to ascend to divinity so that, uh, I can su- succeed where Lucian failed. Like why in the world would we have a mortal sitting in this seat of ultimate power when they could just die and throw everything into, into disarray? We need somebody yeah. who can be there forever and that can be you. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, tempting you, mm-hmm. you know, with this power. Uh, the uh, afterwards, we get pulled out of this veil, back to the ship, um, suspended in the Hall of Echoes. Mm-hmm. And Malady is just like, "Yeah, I saved your." You can be like, "That was rough. That was weird." <laughs> so, yeah, I saved your life. Like, yeah. you know, we find out that you're Alexander welcome. escaped during this. Yeah, yeah. you're, you know, um, escaped, and she lets us go, and we get deposited on next to Reaper's Coast, which is where Driftwood is, and where the gigantic freeform Act Two of yeah. the game is, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about now for the next three hours. Uh, once <laughs> no you get breaks. off the ship, now I'm just just kidding. <laughs> no, this is uh, <laughs> yeah. This all day episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. Oh, would not yeah. be the first all day. <laughs> Definitely uh, not our first all day sesh. Yeah. No, not all. Yeah, but this is uh we're not going to do this this in real time. No. So we'll be back in a week with uh, Act Two and then Act Three and Four, which sound huge, but Acts Three and Four combined are smaller than Act Two. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a good game. Thank you, Jonathan, for uh, for executive executive producing this. Uh, thank you, yeah. Gary, for your tips. Uh, kind of helping me uh, helping me through here. Get my get my sea legs on me. I'm excited to mm-hmm. continue and see where this goes. Yeah, there's so much good stuff in Act Two. Like, yeah. there's no way we, between the two of us we'll get all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, no way. Uh, but there is just so much cool shit. Yeah, that happens in that, both in terms of cool combat encounters and cool uh, short stories and medium stories. Yeah, so. I'm going to kind of follow my nose through it, honestly, uh, and yeah. uh, do the stuff that looks cool. It's a it's freeform. Like, it's yeah. a thing where you know there are five uh, sorcerers who can teach you, mm-hmm. and you have to do three of them. You know, uh, so you get to choose which three you do. Nice. Um, and you have to, a couple pieces of key information you have to find out, but a <laughs> lot of it is optional. Nice. So, um, yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. If you like the show and you want to get episodes early and you want to get premium episodes, including our Ratchet and Clank premium episode this month, mm-hmm. um, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Yeah. If you have thoughts on this game, on Divinity Original Sin, on Riven, the sequel to Mist, or Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus, the de- the deadline for responses, uh, to possibly have your response included in the uh in the in the dispatch episode at the end of the month, that is March is that correct? No, that is April the fifteenth. Sorry. This year is okay. already flying by. Uh yeah, April Indeed. April the fifteenth uh is the deadline for that. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Go to duckfeed.tv slash contact uh, is yes. where you submit those. Yeah. And if you have things to say about multiple games, please separate out your responses. Mm-hmm. What are we doing um, in May? Uh, so people know about that. Uh, that's exciting. Oh, that's Hit, Hitman, Hitman 3. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, uh, Hitman 3. Uh, oh, I don't have it written here. What's the middle the, one? Roller Coaster Tycoon. The there we go. And then yeah. uh, Revengeance. Yes. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. The uh, The deadline for all of those is May the 15th. Yeah. Yep. Um, if you have sponsored an episode, uh, we will. We still have slots left for the year, but things are filling up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know that we will get to it. But it might be a little bit. Um, we're not going to take your money. Uh, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, yeah, patience. We appreciate that as well, and we really appreciate the support. Yeah. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? 
they should watch out for those seven. I got a bad feeling about them. They don't seem good. There's, there's not a game where the gods just turn out to be good. Yeah. You know, like be boring. <laughs> <laughs>